Well, hello, Stranger Dangers. What's going on? How is everybody's Friday going? I can tell you how mine's going. <sighs> we just fucked with our microphones for an hour. You know, the ones we bought that make <laughs> us sound better. And if you hear anything in the background, my dog's trying to break in. Back to square one without microphones. So we're trying to sit closer to our recording device, a.k.a. my iPad, because I don't have equipment. <laughs> We're snuggling. We are snuggling. We're, we're COVID snuggling. But don't worry, we're still being we safe. Don't, yeah, I don't have it. I have my mask on. Let's just say that. When our, yeah. when our audio sounds like garbage, we're like, well. <laughs> we're not, we're good. We're just, we're wearing our masks. I have my mask on. Speaking of masks, you just said that. This just made me think of something. So we started going back to the gym. Don't look at my notes. We started. Don't rustle them around near our microphone. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Can you guys hear me better? Probably. Um, anyways, so we started going back to the gym. Oh. Well, not today. We didn't go because I was too tired. We've been going at 5 a.m. Gross. Because we're... Good for you. Gross. Yes. Gross. Um, it's been great, but... And it really has been great because then the day starts and you're ready to go and all that. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the problem is, is that we didn't go today, but we did order masks to work out in. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because... You have to wear a mask at the gym, which is utterly terrible. Do they have little barbells on them? <laughs> <laughs> a little elliptical machines? <laughs> no, they don't. I wish they did. Sorry. Um, that's great. So, no, but Dave bought one, and he his is, like, for um, training. <laughs> like, when you go... <laughs> Oh, like Mount Everest? Yes, like, but for training for, like, high-altitude training. I couldn't think of the word. Yeah, high-altitude okay, on Mount I'll, Everest. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I mean, that's a little bit. I mean, you know. They're Sherpas. <laughs> they breathe differently than us. <laughs> Anyways, so he bought one. He looks like Bane from Batman. <laughs> and so he put it on. I was born on the bottom. Yes, yes. So he put it on, and he literally just. Pops into the office yesterday while I'm like in the middle of working and he says that. And I, was, I was laughing so hard, but Chino hates it. Oh, he does. Chino just barks and barks and barks. And he hates it. Uh, I put mine on. Mine's not a Bane mask. Mine no. is definitely a mask that you're able to like breathe and work out in and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, and it still kind of covers like most of my face. Yeah. But um, Chino didn't give a shit. He was uh, like, all right, it's mom. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take her no matter what she looks like. Huh, yeah. Why? I don't know. Well, I mean, also when Dave breathes out of his, you can definitely hear him like breathing in. Oh, it kind of, so he's a combination of Bane when he talks, but when he breathes, he sounds just like Darth Bane. I was just going to say that. Darth Bane. <laughs> Darth Bane. <laughs> so he's Darth Bane. He will be Darth Bane. <clears throat> I, uh, Probably should have been wearing a mask at the gym we have in our apartment complex, just because it's so incredibly stinky. <laughs> it is disgusting. Why is it? Do they not clean it well? There's no ventilation. Oh. And no one showers gym prior. No. So you go in smelling. They're coming from your house. Or, I mean, well, I haven't gone <clears throat> since COVID happened. But, oh, yeah. I mean, because I just, like, who, I don't work out. Like, that was I stupid. I, was, I wasn't really being serious about it. Yeah. Uh, I only go for walks every day to get a tan. That gives you any idea. Yeah. Like, so, so, not my health, just the tan. Yeah. So, no. I would go and, like, walk on a treadmill next to some stinky person. <laughs> 
with no air moving around in there. It's just stagnant, and the elliptical, the one arm makes a crunching sound. Oh, that's so And annoying. there would always be a dude on it in, <clears throat> in jeans, wearing denim <laughs> jeans. And I'm like, and, and then there'd be a guy next to me on the other treadmill wearing flip-flops. And I'm like, well, no one takes it seriously. Why am I here? I don't. Why? Well, I don't either. So Why am I just no, you're joining the club, though. Breathing their essence. Ew. Is their herbal essences. <laughs> Disgusting. It's pretty odd. So I quit it. going. I'm yeah. done. Yeah, no I'll walk general. around. That's okay. I mean, you have around your area it's so much space and such a long walk you can walk up and down to the opening and ending and be good to go that's exactly what i do really yep that's a really good walk yeah that's like over almost that's, over <laughs> that's like four miles <laughs> i'm like it takes 20 minutes i'm like joe it's at least 20 miles <laughs> uphill both ways sometimes it feels like it no i'm just teasing um that's that's great that's really good yeah it's really good but no. i closed all my rings yesterday um on like sorry on um I closed them all yesterday. I don't know what that means. <laughs> My Apple Watch. I was active. I moved. I moved. I exercised. And I stood. <laughs> it tells you when to stand. I, I guess that's healthy. Remember how I said earlier? I said I was I think it was stand. on the last episode. What? Did it, no, it was I think just you, tonight. No, I think you talked about it also on the last episode. I? I think so. Oh, shoot. It's okay. I talk, I didn't close I talk about eyes. Arnie like every episode. That's okay. Oh, uh, what was his name? Johnny? Jimmy? Oh, Sorry. you don't even remember. Johnny. He wasn't my love. Not I'm coming to get you, Johnny. No, Barbara. I know. I was saying it like... Oh, <laughs> shit. Anyways. Well, I had to... Uh, I wanted to say, too, because I mentioned it last time, I'm halfway through Chaos, that book, mm -hmm. and it's ridiculously awesome. Ooh. It's very good. Um, <clears throat> and then I wanted to tell everyone listening about that show I texted you about and then I felt mm -hmm. like a dick. I was like, Why? hey, check out Cursed Films on Shudder and you're like, I don't have it. And I'm like, oh. never mind. Oh, it's not like a dick. I, I had it. I did that to my mom with the Fred <laughs> Rogers movie I was talking about. Yeah. I told her, I was like, it's on Netflix. It's going to ruin and, and make your life so much better at the same time. It's so good. And then she got off the phone with me and was like, where is it? Like, messaging me immediately, and I'm like, yeah, I'm a bad daughter. No. I, I mix up my platforms. Well, there's a lot. But uh, to go back to plugging of said show, it was, I watched three, I think there are five episodes of it. It's called Cursed Films, and I'm sure you've heard about, you know, people saying that movies were, like, jinxed or set problems yeah, yeah. and things like that. So the first three episodes that I watched were about The Exorcist, Poltergeist, and The Omen. And it was really good. And the only reason I found it um, was because I tried to watch Poltergeist, mm -hmm. The Ridge, And it's one of those funkin' movies where you can't hear anything that they're saying. Ugh. And Carol Ann projects, and I'm like, I still don't know what she's saying. <laughs> so I got mad. I was like trying to get my Craig T. Nelson on, you know, coach. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. And I was trying to watch that movie because I hadn't seen it in years, and then I couldn't hear it. So I got oh. mad, looked for a horror documentary, you know, right. just searching, and I found Cursed Films. And it's That's awesome. Good. So check it out. And uh, like you said, it's on Shudder. I haven't watched the last two episodes. I can't remember what the final one is about, but the, the one coming up is about The Crow. Oh, I've never okay. seen The Crow, so... I don't either. I don't even know what's... I mean, is it about a crow, or...? <laughs> it's about a guy that looks like one. Oh. Hmm, Very gothy. Isn't he... Who's, whose son is he? Lee. Bruce Lee's son. Oh, that's right. Uh, Brandon Lee, I think is yes. his name. Well, Bruce Lee... Um, R.I.P., but also so in love with him. Bruce Lee's dead? Question mark? Bruce Lee is... Really? Is, 
Bruce Lee dead? Or, like, <laughs> is he? I don't really know. <laughs> oh, you all, you all weren't here for that it's, part. Wait, is he? Yes. <laughs> Bruce Lee is very, unfortunately, dead. Oh, my bad. I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, no. Well, it is unfortunate because, well, actually, it's not unfortunate because this whole time you thought he was just living his best life. I love Bruce Lee. I'm very <laughs> sad that he's such a good-looking man. So sexy. Bruce Lee? Are we talking about the same? I don't think we're talking about. Wait. Who are you talking about? I'm talking about Bruce Lee. Like, you know, Bruce Oh, okay. Lee. Oh, my God. Yes. That was the best sound of the night. I mean, that's what he was. He was, uh... Oh, he, had, he did all sorts of martial arts. I, I don't know what he was he was in, in. I didn't know you found him attractive. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Dana has a poster from in the basement. There you go. And I love it. It's the best. It's hot. We're still recording. Yes. Okay. Um, so. That's all I had, though. I haven't been doing anything. I've been reading and not gymming and walking around in the sunshine. And I went to our pool once. Yes. And I we only that. sat there for, like, an hour. Um, but it, it was... It was glorious. Yeah. So, doing that tomorrow. Doing that all weekend. And probably, I want to try to finish that book within the next week, but I actually don't even know what I have lined up for next time. Oh, so, yeah. Normally I know, but, like, what my next read will be. You're going through them so fast. <sighs> I try, I'm, I'm trying. So, I started, started Ger Gerald's Game. Gerald's Game. <laughs> Gerald's Game is easier than Gerald. I can't say it. I'm pretty excited. I haven't watched it yet. Um... It's interesting so far. I'm going to yep. leave it at that. Uh, it's not what I expected. It's not what I was thinking was going to start the book. Did you know anything about no, the story? No, I didn't read anything. Okay. I just was like, oh, it's Gerald's game. Okay, cool. Uh, it's interesting so far, yeah. but I've only, I haven't even finished chapter one. I haven't had any time to read, so. There you go. I'm going to be the slow reader. It's all right. Yeah, it is what it is. Getting there. Yeah. <clears throat> well, good. I mean, at least you, uh, at least you're out in the sun. Mm. I go outside only when the dogs need to go to the bathroom. There's a guy in my apartment complex that lives near us, and he because I'm working from home, like yeah. everyone. Yep. that's fortunate, mm -hmm. I guess, or whatever. Whatever, it sucks. So I'm standing <laughs> <It's been> outside, <laughs> standing there talking to myself, standing at my desk, looking out my window out the front where like the driveway yeah. area is or whatever. And there's this miserable looking dude, and he walks outside with his two miserable looking small dogs every day, multiple times a day, and he lets them stand on the pavement for thirty seconds, <gasps> and then they turn around and go back inside. That's it. Yeah. That's not, they're not going to the bathroom. They're not getting any exercise. Well, they do have their faculties about them. Like, once in a while, I see them in the grass. But <laughs> Once in a while. But most of the time, they're just doing, like, a U-turn a on some concrete and heading back in. I'm like, okay. That's awful. Mm -hmm. I'll kidnap them for you. Oh, please. Yes, they need a better life than that. Mm. I have a fenced-in yard. <laughs> <laughs> So, I have a mortgage. And it's, oh, God. Oh, speaking of mortgages, let me tell you about what happened today with our sink. Oh, yeah. Remember, I was like, I'll save it for later. Yeah, I didn't use it just now. Yes. So, right now, so I was up there cleaning the bathroom, right? It needed it anyways. Looks nice. Thanks. Um, Does it smell good? Yeah. Great, good. Even better after I was in there. Yep. That's awesome. I know what you did in there. Cleaning the sink. Anyways. I did. <laughs> So when we, when I was cleaning it, so off and on, sometimes when you like run the sink in our bathroom for a little bit, there was a couple of times where when I would turn off the sink, I thought I heard like running water. Oh, okay. And I was like, huh. And then like, I would hear it. And then I thought that I was, <laughs> oh 
Oh, he's glad when he plays video games. He yells. He's he has all sorts of conversations with his his buds. I'm easily there. startled. <laughs> so it's funny how easy you can hear through this house too. By the way, because before you came, I was sitting in the living room right here, and he was doing laundry, which is right below the living room, mm-hmm. like literally right below. I was like, Jill hasn't even left yet, and Jill's <laughs> like, okay, and like it was like we were right next to each other. I could yeah. hear him perfectly. It's how that's how like. I guess then our floors are between. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on. So the sink. So I was cleaning and everything, and I went to go underneath the sink to grab some clean cleaning stuff. And I thought, you know what? I'm gonna just take this stuff out anyways and kind of reorganize really fast. There was some like you know empty containers and stuff and you know whatever in there. So I'm like, I'm gonna clean these out. Stop being so lazy. So I go to pick up the one bottle of cleaner, and it's just dripping water on the bottom. Oh. And then I look closer, because it's it's like a light-colored cabinet, so I couldn't yeah. tell at first that there was water at the bottom. Yeah. And I'm like, shit. Mm-hmm. So I started pulling stuff out, and so then I turned on the water, and then I noticed it was dripping. And so then Dave came up to, like, fix it, and yeah. we're going to need, like, a new... It's not a, the end of the world, it's just more annoying. Yeah. But he said that, you know, it needs a... He used the correct term, I have no idea. I think well, Bob, he needs... He's yeah. going to Lowe's and get that. And it was a washer. Uh, maybe. No, it's not. not a washer, I, it's not but what it was. <laughs> it was some phalange. I don't remember. That's so what it is. Yeah, phalange. So, anyways, he has to get the parts. That's why I was like, yeah, being a homeowner, it's lots of fun. No way, man. Like yeah. you said, I don't want to own a lawnmower or a creepy basement. I Our sink was our leaking. not bad. Our sink was leaking um, about a month ago. Yeah. I noticed it the one day. And then I just quit noticing it. And then it quit leaking. What? I know. For real? Made it happen with my will. In my mind. Maybe I should just forget about that up there and just keep brushing my teeth and stuff down here. Do that. <laughs> that sounds like a crazy And idea. like I said, I peed in your sink, so maybe yep. don't maybe don't use it for a while anyway. <laughs> Why are there butt cheek marks on our mirror? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how I pee. <laughs> oh uh, shit. Oh, hold on. Let me crack open my lime. Could be apple. Could be Granny Smith. Ah, oh, my lime. Bellevue. Bellevue. Bellevue? <laughs> <laughs> There's no W. I just but, went, yeah, that's cool. No, that's cool. Oh, Bellevue. I'm like, Bellevue is not a place here in Pittsburgh. That's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Um, all right. Well, oh, my gosh. Shall yes. we? Let's do this. All right, cool. Tap, tap, tap. Veronica Corningstone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you want to rattle off our sources before we do anything? Yeah. I Just to say we did. Because I've been time. forgetting to do that. So, oops. Um, I you're, usually you're do. You're usually pretty good about mentioning them as you go through them. Ugh, so, you, if Honestly. you have, do you want to rattle? Um. Yeah. So, I guess let's start off real quick, though, and kind of... Give you that we're on episode six. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jill's like I'm just want to get into it. Well, You're ready. See you later. You're ready. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so yeah, so we're on episode six today. Thank you so much for listening and joining us. I also yeah. want to say too, by the way, that we haven't mentioned this before because it's something new. Not only do we have approximately thirty fans, we don't know. Just <laughs> go by what what anchor tells us. There's like one in Germany. <laughs> There's also some in the UK. I saw that across the pond. So either two things. Yeah, they're really there eating strumpets and or Drinking speaking something. and sounding terrifying in German, <laughs> or. We have a couple of friends who have fucked up IP addresses. <laughs> it could be. But I like to think 
Prince Charles is listening to us. Well, duh. And wearing a hat, even though I know oh. the men don't. <laughs> You're like, but I want him to. I am going Wait, to is enforce change on Which that. one's Charles married to? He's not. Oh, wait. Oh, that's... He's terrible. Oh. Wait, which one did you say? Charles. <laughs> no, not the young ones. I'm not with it today. Not the youngins. Oh, I like um the one that kind of looks like Carson Wentz. I don't know who that is. No, I don't watch football. Shit. No. Carson Wentz. I heard that football's happening, though. Like, I give two what? shits. But some, someone said that. Hmm. Someone I know. Someone we know. <laughs> Somebody that, obviously somebody that you know. <laughs> Anyways. So, we are on episode six. Yeah. Okay. And, um, real quick recap. Mm-hmm. Last week, uh, last time, not last week, but last time that we were together, we discussed the Night of the Living Dead, the OG. 1968. Oh, and Johnny was just the apple of my eye. Mm-hmm. And Ben was the best. Yeah. And then everything got fucked up. I was, yeah, I laughed too because we didn't even bring up the line I said earlier to you that you thought I was getting wrong about (laughs) they're coming to get you. Oh, we never even, eh, no, that was like the, (laughs) that was a great segue. It's like a super awesome line that everyone knows and we're like, nah, did you see Johnny's driving gloves? (laughs) I love Johnny. Johnny's the best. Oh, and then last time that we were together afterwards, we, um, Jill did some quick Googling because of the cranky cricket, and you found out, I don't think we talked about this at the end, you found out that one of the zombies that eats a bug off a tree it was a cricket. That's what, yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I did read that. that, that um, so. Yeah, which was really funny. And then he was mysteriously never heard from again. In the movie. I like, he was my favorite character. I'm kidding. It was after that, too. <laughs> yeah. Because no. there were so many of them. Yes. Because you told me. And now I can't ever watch it again. There's eight total, guys. Eight total. <laughs> so, if you haven't uh, checked out episode five, please go back and listen in to that. Once again, Night of the Living Dead, the OG. So, now we can do sources. Yay! So, do you want to go ahead and kind of go into, like, what this week's whole idea was? Because it is slightly different than the last episodes. Thank you for you're, the honor. You're welcome. For the honor. So, um, we decided to make your the honor. <laughs> or d'oeuvres. Aren't they so No. Like, but isn't hors d'oeuvres start with an H? Yes. Okay. Cool. Yes. Good. It's a silent. Listen, guys, I'm having a night, okay? <laughs> Go ahead. We're stressed. <laughs> <laughs> the microphone issues. They were too much. Hope you can hear us. I, uh, no one can, and I keep moving. Like, when I laugh, I move forward, so you're just yelling. <laughs> Instead of going backwards. Yeah. Well, sometimes okay. I do, and I slap my knee, and it's so close to the mic, and it's just a nightmare. That's okay. I keep wrestling my granny papers around. Uh, okay, so last time we kind of talked about a little bit about what we were doing this time, because it is different. We didn't mm-hmm. randomize pick a movie this time. We wanted to compare and contrast um, book verse movie. So I had recently read Misery. It was gifted to me for my birthday, which like we laughed at last time, highly appropriate given quarantine. Mm -hmm. And yes, I was very much in touch with how the character felt (laughs) whilst whilst I read it Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And I'll tell you all about it. So we decided to split it up and I had, like I said, read the book recently and Colleen's a huge fan of the movie, as am I. So we're going to kind of go through and talk about what we noticed and, like you said, compare, contrast, differences, all that fun stuff. Right. Um, so my sources, I'll just get that over with. No, that's fine. My sources 
our misery. That's great. The uh, I'm probably gonna butcher this guy's last name out. Mean to, but I'm not a hundo on it. It's the the Stephen King Companion, which has been updated a couple of times. It's by George. Beam, I believe is how you may say it. It's B-E-A-H-M. Super good book. Has breakdowns of all of Stephen King's works, including his shorts. Wow. Really, really cool stuff. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Really thick book. Check out our Instagram if you want a little visual of its spine. Yes, it does have a very um, girthy spine. Oh, my God. <laughs> my next... <laughs> I didn't know where that came I do. What's wrong with me? My next source. (laughs) Go ahead. StephenKing.fandom.com. Ooh, that's a new one. Yeah, I found it to have a girthy array of facts. (laughs) (laughs) I also caught a couple fun little things from WhatCulture.com and Tor.com, which is like T-O-R. I have no idea if that stands for something. I don't want to know if it's something nasty. And then there were a couple others that are in my facts because I don't know why I just started doing it differently when I was notating last time. So I have a few other sources that I'll share later. But if you do, what what, what do you get? Okay. So obviously we have to go with the go-tos I always go with. So this isn't going to sound anything super new. So I've used IMDb, Wikipedia I've started to start using a little bit more. Metacritic, um, RogerEbert.com, Rotten Tomatoes, and then the two newbies that have come through is I did use just, I Googled something. <laughs> just, like, I actually used Google search engine to find my answer. I didn't, like, go onto another website. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. It, I'll, I'll tell you what it is, and you'll be like, it's the rating. I couldn't find it anywhere, so oh. I was just like, well, what, what was, yeah. Mr. Okay. Google told us what's yeah. up. Yeah, um, and then, because um, sometimes if you type in a rating, you have to, like, get specific, because it thinks you mean, like, rating, like, mm-hmm. like fans and stuff. Anyways, and then mentalfloss.com. Oh, so what I have, I have a couple randos, mm. like I usually do with movies. Yeah, that's fine. That I could just rattle off. I put mine through my, my, my regular facts, and then obviously through the movie. Okay, all right, cool. I kind of took some notes from you. Ah, stop it. I, you know, I love good bullets. <laughs> I love my bullet points, <laughs> my highlights. Don't I look. see them. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, so as far as um the because these are all it's just book so yeah. you so know Jill's book remember Jill is book only bookworm in it twenty <laughs> fifth book published by Stephen King the sixteenth under his name because he had a pen name of Roger uh, Richard Bachman oh yeah so I didn't he, knew that yeah so he and this book actually was originally going to be released as a book by Richard Bachman. Um, but by the time it was ready to be published, the public discovered they were synonymous with each other. They, it was actually King. So the jig was up. Oh, okay. And he's like, okay, fine. Fuck it. Put my name on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whatever. That's weird. Well, I guess it, okay, I get it. I get it. So pretty cool. Um, Misery, and it's also one of his most popular books, mm-hmm. uh, which I found more and more, the more mm. I dug in online, I was like, okay, yeah, this is up in the top 10. Yeah. For sure. Um, first printing sold 900,000 copies. It was the fourth most popular hardcover book in 1987 when it was released. Uh, and then by 1990, it had sold 875,000 copies, making it the 15th most popular book of the decade. Wow. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, I'll rattle this. I keep saying rattle tonight. That's okay. That's your word tonight. I'm rattled. Uh, <laughs> I'm rattled too after that. Uh, <laughs> trying to figure out the external microphones. God damn it. I am just upset still. It's, oh, okay. 
Uh, review from June 8th, 1987 on NewYorkTimes.com, um, written by a guy named Christopher Lemon... I thought you were going to say Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd Lemon Hopped <laughs> <laughs> concludes with, of course, a lot of blood gets spilled in the denouement, but then in the struggle between a muse and a writer, somebody's got to, is going to have to die in the end. Even with all the violence, justified or not, Misery is one of Mr. King's best. All things considered, it's a winner. Yes. So just like really good reviews, things like that. Uh, and then just the last thing I wanted to bring up that was totally random but awesome um, is that it did spend time on New York Times bestseller list in 1987. Mm-hmm. Of course, like most of his, yep. if not all of his books do. Yep. And I spotted it on um, this list online, 13 best Stephen King books ranked. Of course, it's just a poll or something like that. It was on the manual.com, but it was number four on there. Do you want to guess what number two and number one were? One I just want to throw one it off. His? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what order, though, that they go in. So Don't look I'm now. I'm not. I'm looking up here. <laughs> um, let's go with It and The Green Mile. The Green Mile is probably way later. No, that's actually not bad. So The Green Mile <laughs> was number two on that list. Okay. And number one was The Shining. Oh. Yeah. Oh, be still my heart. I know. I was so excited. I was um, today. Sorry, but you said The Shining. So, of course, I always immediately think of Jack, not to, like, get us off. Let's not really totally off track. It kind of all connects. And um, today, and then my mind went to Jack again, and then I was thinking, I immediately thought of Prince. You know the song... That they, that they dance, that whenever he goes in to find Vicki Vale in the restaurant and she's by herself. Party man. Party man. I didn't know that's what it was called, but I listened to the entire album today from Batman, it's, and it's all Prince. It's amazing. And it's great. It's and the I best. Knew that, I knew that those two, so that one and whenever uh, they do the balloon, the balloons, Yeah, the parade. The one, yeah, the parade song. I knew, that, I knew that they were both Prince, Trust. but I didn't know that there was other ones, yes. Yeah. So good. It's a great soundtrack. So good. I remember seeing it. I think my, I don't know who, I remember being super little and seeing that album and it may have even seriously been a vinyl and it was just black just with and his, with the batman yeah. logo and still but you knew batman. it was all prince stuff still the best batman the best batman and, and anybody that wants to uh if anybody if anybody disagrees you can find me at one two three four internet street um so yeah come at me yeah try michael keaton you're the best <laughs> if you're listening i love you <laughs> i love you beetlejuice <laughs> Anyways, I'm about to say it two um, more times. Oh, and also the best Catwoman, mm. hands down. Moving on. So, I totally went off on a tangent. So, The Shining, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. So, those were just my randoms. Dunzo. Nice. Do you want to talk about characters <clears throat> or setting or other plot uh, things, facets? <laughs> that's not the word I was looking for. So, mm. I do have, I have a couple things that I, that don't tie into that, that are a little Good. different than yours. So, obviously, I have box office versus your yes. book sales. So, I keep forgetting that I should stop putting this here because, anyways, mm-hmm. project, Colleen, project. So, how did it do in the box office? So, the budget to make the movie um, was estimated to be $20 million. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, then, the opening weekend, it made $10,076,834. Mm-hmm. The gross overall, which I've noticed that these always seem to be the same, the gross overall and the cumulative worldwide gross came to $61,276,872. Uh, so, the gross overall, I mean, they still made well over what it took, which mm-hmm. is awesome. That's always good to see. Just a couple, a couple other little things that don't go with the book at all. Of course, since it's a movie, the production company was Castle Rock Entertainment and Nelson 
and Nelson Entertainment. It was distributed by Columbia Pictures. Oh, okay. Um, the running time is 107 minutes. I watched it three times. <laughs> um, the director was Rob Reiner. And then I'll hold off on my casting, obviously, because that is where we can compare. Ooh, fun. Right. Cool. So do you want to just go ahead and do characters? Because it's kind of like one of the first things anyways, or? Sure. So, um, I mean, obviously the top two, I would assume are the same. <laughs> I would hope so. I noticed the mailman. <laughs> I don't even think there is one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously I would think that we both have Paul Sheldon and Annie Wilkes. Who? <laughs> <laughs> I would like literally be like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I just opened the book again. I'm like, hold please. Let me <laughs> like, get, wait, let me double check. Let me get caught up. You just start with the. <laughs> this was great. Shut the book. No, I I concur. We yes. can talk about those people. I know okay. those people. Yeah, I know those people pretty well too. Yeah. So in um, uh, since you don't have anybody playing yours, I'm just gonna say so. James James Con, uh, played Paul Sheldon mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, be still my heart. Really? Oh, oh my. Oh God, I love him. Wow. I love me. Oh my gosh, I love him. So this movie was a lot of things made me happy. Yeah. A lot of things. Well, not, well, not, anyways, okay. And then Kathy Bates, sweet, sweet Kathy Bates. Best. Uh, yes, the best. Uh, played Annie Wilkes. Awesome. Uh, see, this is a little difficult for me because I had seen Misery a long time ago. Not the whole movie from right. start to finish, but right. I had seen pieces of it. And of course I've seen you know, like documentaries that have the pivotal scene in it. So, like, I knew of things, which really sucks as a reader of Stephen King because he's so descriptive and awesome at that. But I'm reading and I'm like, so James Caan turned over and went back to sleep. And so James Caan did this. And then <laughs> yep. Kathy Bates walks in. And, yep. like, it's really hard. It's hard to flip it. It is. But, I mean, the descriptions of them are so spot on in the book, too, that I feel like had I not ever seen the movie... You would have it would be pretty damn close. close. I mean, the casting's obviously done very, very well uh, in my humble. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have some some things that I pulled about Annie's description specifically because I think as as good casting as James Con or uh, yeah, did I just mm-hmm. mess up? James Con mm-hmm. um, as good a casting as it was for him to be Paul. Annie Wilkes is ridiculous. Like, Kathy Bates is her. Unbelievable. Like, the book. So, just a couple little excerpts, because they're perfect when you think Kathy Bates. Which almost makes me feel bad, by the way, I'd like to say. Because these aren't the best descripting... He's calling her terrible. Okay? So, just little things like, seem to have no feminine curves at all. Her body was big but not generous. There was a feeling about her of clots and roadblocks rather than welcoming orifices or even open spaces. Oh. Interesting. She gave him a disturbing sense of solidity as if she might not have blood vessels or even internal organs. She was very pale. And that... (laughs) Sorry. That girl needed some vitamin D. <laughs> she need, I mean, she did live in Colorado, so... <laughs> it did look a little... White. A little grim. A little <laughs> grim, grim. Not much sun. A little bit. Uh, and then the last piece was he felt more and more convinced that her eyes, which appeared to move, were actually just painted on, and they moved no more than the eyes of portraits which appear to follow you. That is so spot on. Isn't it like haunting? Goosebumps. I love... That's why I love reading his books, <clears throat> man. I mean, he hasn't sold a billion for nothing. Right. 
Unbelievable. So, and as someone who's very long-winded, I'm like, you go with those run-on descriptive <laughs> sentences, fucker. You can do it. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, so those were just my takeaways because right. I think especially, like I said, the Kathy Bates was just right perfect. Oh, no, absolutely. So was that, that's all you have then for, for your characters? Hey, I thought right those now? were pretty good sentences. No, they're great. No, I'm joking. They're great. <laughs> Mine's all just like this part. I'm just like... <laughs> Um, so just a couple of other characters, if, should I go through those? Yeah. Well? Um, I didn't list everybody cause not everybody was obviously important, even though there was quite a few people in the movie. So obviously you have Richard Farnsworth as Buster. I just adore him. He's the <laughs> sheriff. Um, I have a couple funny notes about him later, but he was the sheriff of the little town there. And then Francis, uh, Sternhagen was played his wife, Virginia, who also worked with him at the, the, the little police station there in the little <laughs> town. And then Lauren Bacall as uh, Marcia Sindel, who is uh, Paul Sheldon's agent. Oh, um, yeah. So his agent in the... Um, so did, was there... May I ask, was there still an agent in the book? Yeah. Yes? Yep. Okay. Definitely. Yep, same. There were some flashbacks, if memory serves. Right. You know, of uh, them talking, like, conversations they had had about the next coming book and yada yada. Um but it, she doesn't play a large no, part. No, same thing as in the movie. Yeah. It's not super, super important. Yeah, Paul's pretty selfish. Yeah. When, I love him. when it comes to his thoughts and his being. <laughs> pretty selfish guy. No, him. I'm joking. <laughs> I love Paul Sheldon. I'm his number one fan. Um, so uh, I do have a couple fun facts about casting. Yay. So do you want to hear those now? Yeah. Okay. So this. This kind of, these two blew my mind. I was like, I have to talk about these. So the part of Paul Sheldon was originally offered to William Hurt twice, then Kevin Klein. Oh, okay. Michael Douglas. <laughs> Michael Kurt Russell Douglas. Yeah. <laughs> Harrison Ford. Oh. Dustin Hoffman. Oh. Good old De Niro. What? Al Pacino. <laughs> oh my God. Richard Dreyfuss. Okay. Gene Hackman. And Robert Redford. But they all turned it down. <laughs> and James Conn's like, call me. <laughs> um, Warren Beatty was interested in the role, wanting to turn him into a less passive character, but eventually had to drop out um, as post-production of Dick Tracy extended. Wow. When so I isn't hear, that kind of neat? When I hear his name, I think he's so in the past that it couldn't have been possible. Like, I don't know why I think Warren Beatty's from the 20s. That's another one of my loves. Actually, pretty much most of the guys that I just listed, I'm in love with. So. I would take a few off. I would I, take... That sounded weird. <laughs> I'd pluck a couple. What I was going to say is I would take a few of those people off that list to dinner. Yes. Um, Klein, Douglas, Ford... Hoffman, De Niro, Pacino, eh, Dreyfus. Well, I guess my list is shorter. I would. <laughs> You're like De Niro. De Niro and Pacino. Oh, God, I love, love them, them bad boys. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love them. Gotta. Mm, that's some good stuff. Okay. Good. So here's my next little fun fact that yeah. kind of ties into the first one. Jack, I don't even need to say anything else. Right. Jack was also offered the role of Paul Sheldon, but turned it down as he was not sure he wanted to go through another Stephen King movie after what he'd experienced with The Shining and Kubrick. Mm -hmm. Khan took the role after Jack declined. In turn, Khan declined the lead role in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest <gasps> right before Jack accepted it. Shut up. Isn't that crazy? That is so weird. Isn't that crazy? Wow. I would say all for the best. Right. I don't know. I don't... I can't... 
You, I can't picture Can them swapping. Imagine James Jack Hans. Nicholson would just headbutt Kathy Bates and it would be over. Yeah. Oh, they actually, weird, weird thing. They actually did a movie together. All About Schmidt. Or All About, or just Schmidt. No, wait. He was an old man. About Schmidt? About Schmidt, sorry. Is that, when she show, is that when she shows her bosoms? She shows her bosoms. Wow. Yeah, in the hot tub. Oh! They're coming out of the hot tub. The infamous hot tub scene. Yeah, and he's yeah. so uncomfortable. <laughs> he's like, uh, uh. I love that. That was a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jack, we miss you. I miss you so much. And then... He's like, no, no, God, no. <gasps> no! I was like, did I miss him? He's retired, though. I think he's like, oh. he's like Alzheimer's or something. Oh. I don't know. It's really, really sad. I'll have to like, call him and check in. Oh, my gosh. Tell him I said hi. It's been a while. I love him. Yeah. Oh, my God. I hope he remembers me. <laughs> he doesn't. I'm like, it's the Alzheimer's. <laughs> <laughs> that would be depressing if... Oh, God, I love him so much. Anyways... Um, and then just one other little quick uh, tidbit here. Mm -hmm. Jessica Lange and Barbara Streisand were up for the role of Annie Wilkes, and Bette Midler turned down the role of Annie Wilkes due to the violence and later called herself stupid. <laughs> I could actually kind of picture Bette Midler in that role. Yeah. When she gets out of the ones you listed, too, I would say she's probably well, the... Well, Jessica Lange's a little bit... But is Jessica Lange, like, sturdy enough? Not sturdy enough. You know? Not if you're going to do, if you're going to go by the descriptions, Because no. Annie Wilkes is like, she could take a hit. Right. She's thick. I mean, she carries him up that mountain. Like, yeah. Nothing. She's like, yeah. She's like, hoists. <laughs> she's like, I'm a big woman, Paul. I know it because I read it. She says it. I have it underlined. Twice. <laughs> I'm a sturdy woman, Paul. Oh, my God. Yeah. She's just benching him the whole time. She's like, I don't get enough exercise. I'm right? just, like, hoisting him. That's, oh, God, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched it, obviously, last night again and laughed pretty hard during that scene whenever she just, whoop, <laughs> and just, like, takes him up the damn mountain. And then poor Buster can't even get up. I know. Poor Buster. Ugh. Love Buster. Anyways, um, what other, what other uh, kind of parts do you have next like how uh, do you just want to kind of go through like the main things and then we'll get into the movie the plot whatever so I thought I was thinking about setting because I thought that that was also something that translated really well from book to movie mm -hmm. I just I mean I've only seen that like like I said that movie once and I read the book a few months ago but I read setting wise desolate gray you know, unforgiving feeling, like, it almost reminded me of, well, not almost, it did remind me a bit of uh, Dolores Claiborne. You ever seen that movie? No. Oh, Kathy Bates. Oh, Stephen King. I love her. Oh, really? it's fantastic. Jennifer, it. Jason Lee. Um, okay. It is amazing. And I have the book, and I want to reread it, because it's been years. Um, but it's very much like that grayish, greenish, tingy, like you said, right? Depressing, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Look like Sochi, Russia to yeah. me. Uh, <laughs> and also, too. Side note: Dolores Claiborne has a lot of fairy trips in it as well. No suicidal horses. <laughs> I just want to let you know. I'm glad to hear that there was no suicidal horses because that would just depress me. You're welcome. I, that makes me sad. <laughs> um, I would have to. I would have to agree that the movie definitely. So 
maybe maybe this is just my opinion of the movie versus what you just kind of explained. I didn't feel, other than the times it was really, really snowing heavy mm -hmm. or at night, mm -hmm. I didn't feel like it was, other than the sky being a little bit gloomy, I didn't feel that dark. I felt like this, the, the, the feeling of the movie was mm -hmm. more dark and like what was happening was darker. Mm -hmm. So that part I would have to say I agree with. But at least for me when I watched it and it was during the daytime or whatever, mm -hmm. it, it didn't seem dark out there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? No, like, yeah. calmness, but that's because of what's going on in the house. Right, right. So, and even the, the scenes where they showed, like, just, like, a, like a, a quick, like, a quick screenshot of, like, the, the river, like, the yeah. creek or whatever yeah. running through. It was pretty. That one, you're right. It's pretty. You are right. I wasn't like, ooh. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, I don't want to be in the snow anyways, because fuck that. No. But, um... Yeah, I didn't find it to no. be. No, just it, the nighttime scenes were definitely yeah. scarier for me. Yeah. 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 What was lurking in the shadows? It's, it's freaking Annie, man. Annie. Annie, get your I was just going to say Annie, get your gun, but then, <laughs> Oh, God, she that too. <laughs> Annie, get it, whatever weapon you have. Annie's packing, dude. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Um, well, I guess I will say that along with the setting, if we're going to talk about where it's at and that kind of thing, the movie was filmed um, in Truckee, California. Oh. Which I've been. So wait, it wasn't Sochi, Russia. No, it was and not you, Sochi. And you and now I'm like, was it really dark, scary? Was it creepy looking or no? <laughs> we have to revisit this one. Well <laughs> <laughs> like, actually it was kinda of bright and sunny. <laughs> <laughs> I may be holding on to the book too much. What was that? She's peeing. My cat, guys, my cat, not just anybody in the room, anyways. So, Truckee, California, I've been there. Reno, cool. Reno, Nevada, I've been there. Los Angeles, I've not been there. Hollywood Center Studios, and then New York, New York. So, obviously, mm. we know New York is mm. for the agent. From being but in Truckee, personally, mm -hmm. they do get a shit ton of snow. Ugh. Like, a shit ton of snow. Grody. Um, really grody. Um, and it just, sometimes it just comes down and it just doesn't stop. I mean, it's almost always snowing up there. Great ski, ski resorts and whatnot. But anyways, hmm. Truckee, California, for those that don't know, it's kind of up by, um, Lake Tahoe. So it's like maybe oh. like 45 minutes or so, give or take. I can't remember, um, from Lake Tahoe, but no, I um, mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Mm -hmm. Um, that's also where the Dahmer party, Don, Don, oh. Dahmer, well, same see, difference. Everybody's eating people. <laughs> I don't know how I did that. Um, so the Donner Party, yeah. actually, that was where they made that stop, was cool. there. Everyone thinks it's in Colorado. It's not. It's in Truckee, California. Yeah, I think people get confused because they don't expect it, the location right. where it happened to actually be right. cold enough that they were stranded. Exactly. You think California, you think warm automatically, but it's Northern California. If you had to eat someone, would you prefer them thawed or frozen? I'm um, frozen. Really? Yeah, I don't want them thawed. I don't want to have to taste it. I don't want... I I'm, guess I'd still taste it. I don't want... If I had to eat somebody, I would eat myself. I couldn't do something else. <laughs> You're, like, just, just holding... Just a chunk out of my you're arm. just holding your limbs under, like, a foot of, you know, snow. You're like, it's worth it. I'm numbing myself. <laughs> I won't feel it. And, no, I don't know. I couldn't do it. I'm, I'm like, really not a fan of ice cream headaches. So, um, I'd probably just... Should I just pass on that? I would probably just take a bite mm. out of, you know, whoever was thawed. Also, my teeth aren't in the best shape. I, well, I'm just getting to know you. <laughs> Like, just to see what I have to serve you later, how you want it, this winter, when I kill a bunch of people. When COVID drives us all seriously mad and we have to resort to eating people. Speaking of COVID, um, 
let's talk about these squirrels that you told me about earlier. Oh, the no, they don't have COVID. They have bubonic plague. <laughs> That's just as good. There I was mean. one in Colorado. Like, for sure. It tested positive. So you, said, you, said we were, <laughs> you said we were going to talk about it on the podcast. Here we are. So, um, yeah, so the bubonic plague, huh? It, yeah, it's a thing. It's still around. I don't know what type know of thing. How. I don't know. I'm I think a, of like, you know what? I don't know. Never mind. I'm not it's a not scientist. Even, I'm not either. I don't know. I'm not a person but who knows things. They said one squirrel, <laughs> which you know, that always starts with one. Always. always. I mean, how do you think COVID started? Yeah, with, with one, one bat. squirrel or bat. Or something. Something. One. Somewhere. I, uh, so I read that it was tested positive for bubonic plague <laughs> and that you should keep your pets inside to avoid them from being bitten by this marmot or any others that are infected by it, and that cats are more susceptible, or what, not more susceptible, but more likely to catch it because they would chase after a rodent of such, thing. you know, they're yeah. gross and assholes about it, yeah. versus a dog who's just going to bark it away, you know? Yeah. But either they were, that's why they were bringing it to everyone's attention because they were concerned about people's pets, and they were like, <laughs> the symptoms include, but not... Limited to severe headaches, <laughs> nausea, know the spiking headache? temperature. And I was like, guys, it, seriously, if your cat has a migraine, get it to the vet. <laughs> if it has been <laughs> dueling with squirrels it, and it has a migraine, <laughs> get it somewhere fast. So I, can't even I don't know it. how you can tell when your cat has a headache. They I look pissed no, all the time. I know. So. <laughs> Oh my god! I just wanted so to share funny. that everyone lock up your pets. That's don't let them go <laughs> near squirrels. And squirrels are smart, so don't test them. That is actually very true. Mm -hmm. uh, there's one squirrel. Maybe it has the bubonic plague. Um, there is one squirrel that sometimes will stand in the tree out there, and it does the tail thing where it does this. Well, they flick, and then they'll look down at Chino until like, yeah, they make all these sounds and just torment them, and they just get so mad. They're awesome so antagonists. Um, so one other thing I just wanted to mention, it was kind of, I can't put it in with the rest of it. I mean, it fits here, but a location fun fact mm -hmm. was that, um, that part of the movie was also shot in Genoa, Nevada mm -hmm. and Nevada's oldest town stood in for, I'm sorry, excuse me, quote unquote, Nevada's oldest town stood, stood in for Silver Creek, Colorado the crew built a cafe, a ra uh, radiator shop, a sheriff's station, and a general store. Cast and crew also utilized the Genoa Bar and Saloon. Wow, that's so cool! So holy crap, just something fun. They like that. That no wonder it cost them twenty mil. Yeah, Jesus, build so, a little storefront. Kind of cool that they didn't like film it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That they actually built some of that set, which it is was cool. tailored for mm -hmm. the look and everything that they wanted. That's awesome. And they had some of the similar things. I would assume in the book, did they like? Anything that stands out that wasn't mentioned? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just how dark and desolate it was. I'm like, it was great. I don't know what she was called. Like, it was beautiful and serene. Um, <laughs> Just a couple more things that I want to mention because um, they don't apply to anything that would be in the book. So, like, there was no music in the book. Not like this. Oh, I hummed the whole time I read it. <laughs> You don't do that? No, I. I don't sing the words. Oh, yeah, you, but you. Anyway, you should say who that is so people can find 
not my version. You don't or like my version. End, you can just karaoke the whole thing a cappella. <laughs> no. I say yes. Oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't even have the lyrics. Um We'll oh put it God. on we'll put it on Instagram. I'll okay. video you. Okay. I'll video <laughs> Go you. Go check out our Instagram, guys. <laughs> You get to see me do stupid shit. Um, so, uh, the song I was just singing is called Shotgun by Junior Walker and the mm. <laughs> ellipsis. Suspense. Killing me. <laughs> There's see, always one. I always want to say TJ. It's Junior Walker and the All-Stars. I wanted to say Awesome Stars, but <laughs> I knew that wasn't right. Same diff. It's called, it's called Shotgun. Oh. Anyways, if you know what that song is, you should know it's at the beginning of the movie. Okay, so what I was going to say is the music uh, composed, the music in the movie was composed by Mark Shaman. And then a couple things that I also wanted to go into because it just kind of popped up during my research and I thought it was really fun to kind of mention. Mm -hmm. So, and none of the movies that we've done so far have really had any of this yet. Like, oh. not in full. So that's why I was like, this will be a good time to, you know, slick our first bigger one. Mm -hmm. So, awards. Oh! So, Kathy Bates won Best Actress in the Academy Awards, Chicago Film Critics Association Awards, Dallas-Fort Worth Film Critics Association Awards, and the Golden Globe Awards. Oh, and the 2020 Awards. What's that? I don't know. I didn't oh. look it up. Huh. I should have looked it up, but I was thinking, like, 2020 is in, like, the show 2020? Oh. I, I don't know. Is that with Bob? <laughs> Is that with Bob or Walter? Unless <laughs> it is with Bob or Walter. Um, unless it's uh, unless the 2020 awards means that she has 2020 vision and they're really proud of it, so they gave that to her. I don't. I don't recall ever getting that for myself <laughs> before I got glasses. <laughs> but as I adjust, another uh, fun thing uh, that Kathy Bates was up against Angelica Houston. Oh, this is the Academy Awards. Oh, me. cool. Sorry. So Kathy Bates was up against Angelica Houston, Joanne Woodward. Julie Roberts, and the Queen herself, Meryl Streep, at the 63rd Academy Awards. During her acceptance, she said, this is one of the things she said. Yeah. She says, I would like to thank Jimmy, Con Jimmy Conn and apologize publicly for the ankles. <laughs> and I would also like to say that I really am your number one fan, Jimmy. Oh, I love that. I thought that was really cool. Oh, that's funny. What was the movie Angelica Houston was up for? Oh, something with a G, like the something, the... the Hold on. So not the witches. Not the. Oh God, I love that movie. <laughs> I think it's on Netflix. Can we now. put that on our list? Because it's kind of a scary movie. It used to scare Thanks. the crap out of me when I was a little kid. Uh, yeah, same. Uh... <laughs> you just looked at the screen like. Nope. <laughs> you look. It's just a blank screen. <laughs> like... I'm making all of it up as you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I had just after that I just rolled into plot line. I a story now. Tell me what. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> And yeah, hold on, I don't want to find out what she was. Oh for. my god, you're still Googling? Well, I was looking at. <laughs> Sorry, I can't multitask right now. Angelica Houston. We have a problem. <laughs> oh, speaking of Houston, we have a problem. The Grifters. I knew it was something with a G. Oh, I don't know what that the is. The Grifters. Um, yep, that's a, that's a different podcast. Uh, so, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Not ours. Um, so, uh, Anyways, so a couple things. The summary. Mm -hmm. I always do my little my little summary. Uh, this came from Christopher Reynolds. Oh, yeah. And he says, after a famous author is rescued from a car crash by a fan of his novels, he comes to realize that the care he is receiving is only the beginning of a nightmare of, of captivity and abuse. Woof. 
Nice. Yeah. So pretty much sums it up. Mm -hmm. Now, my critics, as usual, I'll go through those real quick. Um, there was actually a lot of good, good juicy stuff that I found mm -hmm. uh, for once. Because um, you know how sometimes good old Roger Ebert disappoints us. So <clears throat> one fun fact that we have is that King himself has stated that Misery is one of his top ten favorite film adaptations. In his 2009 collection, Stephen King goes to the movies. I read that like a reporter, and then there was a period. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a comma <laughs> or a semicolon. I don't know what that was. That was me not being able to read. All right, in his 2000 memoir called called "On Writing a Memoir of the Craft." King references the movie adaptation of the book, saying, In the early 1980s, my wife and I went to London on a combined business pleasure trip. I fell asleep on the plane and had a dream about a popular writer. It may or may not have been me, but it sure to God wasn't James Caan. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Um, so, Ebert, RogerEbert.com gives it three out of five stars, <clears throat> which is yeah, good for him, actually. It is, and then he says about it, it is a good story, a natural, and it grabs us. But just as there is almost no way to screw it up, so there's hardly any way to bring it above a certain level of inspiration. Many competent directors could have done what Reiner does here, and perhaps many other actors could have done what uh, Khan does, although the Kathy Bates performance is trickier and more special. The result is, the result is good craftsmanship and a movie that works. It does not illuminate, challenge, or inspire, but it works. Yeah, okay. I mean, I can get behind it, but not fully. Mm -hmm. um, Metacritic, for the meta score, it was, they gave it a 75 out of 100. Okay. The user score was 8.7 out of 10. IMDb gave it a 7.8. And then Rotten Tomatoes came in with a 90%, so it's considered certified fresh. Oh. And audience score was 89%. So... On the Rotten Tomatoes overall, I'd say gave it the best. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. And then I'm right where you are. I'm oh! right at the movie. Well, yeah, the but book. I bet you a million I'm way ahead of it, though, and than you are. It's so hard. It's, oh, I'm sure. It's so weird because, like, <clears throat> I I loved the book. It's hard. I don't know. It was... Mm, it's been a few months. But... I love a good psychological scary. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this, I would... Like a good thriller, mm -hmm. drama, horror, not horror, because that doesn't fall in there, but you know what I mean. That's what I was just... Thriller. Gonna, that's what I was just going to say, because, like, I normally, uh, I'm into psychological thrillers, mm -hmm. um, or I mean, I'm sorry, like <laughs> horror movies, Yes. And I, but th there's not a lot of categories on my streaming platforms that are psychological horror they're all psychological <laughs> thriller thrillers you yes. know instead so um i don't even stream surf in my own words anymore i just read everything <laughs> it just i'm programmed to speak like netflix hulu all of the little <laughs> categories uh instead of having my own thoughts but so so the fact that i read it a while ago and trying to recall it the first thing that really comes to my mind and i don't want to jump too far ahead of your stuff too um, was Annie giving a mouth to mouth, dude? Um, yes. Mm. So getting in there. I'm I'm jealous because I'm <laughs> I'm actually Paul Sheldon's number one fan, but the nice Ooh. kind. No. Um, but yes. So in the movie, obviously, that that scene is. Uh, I don't know why it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Just because 
Maybe it's just like in the movie, you like literally hear her just like trying to breathe into his lungs. So it's like very real, I guess. Is yeah. What I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how the book kind of went into it, but I mean, in the movie, I mean, she was, she was getting it. I mean, she was making yeah. sure that he wasn't going anywhere. Oh, he was not dying on her dime or watch or what have you. Uh, yeah. Annie's just, well, so she pumps Paul full of that fictional Novril or Novril or however you say it, yeah. right? Which is just that like codeine. There's, I don't Novel. know what it is. Novel. Yeah. 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 Um, which in the book, they do specify, and I think she may mention it. I don't know. You can tell me um, that it causes respiratory depression. or Yeah, depression. Plus, uh-huh. Paul's a smoker. So, she gives him all of that, right? He suspects, well, needless to say, Annie's nursing abilities come in handy and, you know. Yeah. So, she, but he speculates uh, in his, like, little inner monologue he's always having throughout the book. Because, obviously, he, you know. Yeah. He's the main. Um but he's thinking that she accidentally overdosed him on that dose. And that's why he went into respiratory depression. He doesn't, they don't talk about it in the movie. Okay. Um, so what happens is for the movie, when he finally wakes up, like mm-hmm. officially for the first time. And, you know, she tells him, you know, how long have I been out? And she says, oh, you've been out for two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes out of it. She very well, but he was also on, on an IV, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Which was probably just fluids, like yeah. most IVs would be. Um, but when she gives him the pain medicine, she doesn't, you don't ever hear anything about it ever again. The only thing yeah. that really comes up is that, like, eventually he, he kind of, like, starts, like, oh, I really want to take it. She's like, come on, it's for your pain. Like, yeah. take it. And then later we find out other stuff about it. But, no, it's never mentioned in the movie that, that it causes anything. It's just that she says it's for his pain. Yeah. So that is different. Yeah. It's much different. Yeah. I mean, maybe they didn't go into it in the movie because, yeah. obviously, I mean. That's what I'm thinking. It's just <laughs> one of those little details that that's, helps the that's story interesting. along. Yeah. And that would almost, that, that would make you definitely weaker. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you give somebody too much and too often, obviously. I mean, yeah. medicine is very, who knows what. And like you said, he's a smoker. Yeah. So. He's done that. And he said in the book, he was like, I, she gave me mouth to mouth at least once. For right. all I know, it happened more often than I knew because yeah, she was pumping me full of this. Yeah. And she only, so she gives him mouth to mouth more than once in the book. He thinks there's a possibility. Oh. He's like, I was so mm. out of it. And I'm thinking she didn't know how much to dose me with. And she oh. almost killed me by accident. And who knows how many other times it could have happened without my knowing. She just wanted to get those lips. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Circle back. She just wants she to wanted get to slip in some tongue. Oh my and God. the other thing that I noted about it, because I think it's just too funny, is whenever she gives him mouth to mouth, he is he he's conscious enough that he describes her breath and it makes me laugh so hard. A dreadful mixed stench of vanilla cookies, chocolate ice cream. Chicken gravy and peanut butter fudge. I was like, that sounds fucking delicious. Oh my gosh. That's just one of my I'm okay with it. That's just one of my binge evenings watching yeah. this Ooh, movie. Ice cream sounds so good right Don't now. even I'll drive oh, by geez. nine places. I want that canceled wedding cake or canceled wedding <laughs> or whatever that is. Have you seen that going around the internet? It's no. a real Ben and Jerry's flavor. And it's called um <laughs> it's so it's called Cancelled wedding canceled, I think. Yeah. I don't know, Emily sent it to me and then also Dave sent it to me and somebody else. But it's called Cancelled Wedding. I think. And then the flavors are cake, like cake ice cream, like cake yeah. ice cream, and then something like you're not getting your deposit back or something like <laughs> that. It's so funny. And I'm allowed to laugh, by the way, to the audience because I'm supposed to get married on 1010, and that has been pushed to 10. 
10 something next year. Yeah. So I'm still getting married, but not having the big shebang. Thanks, COVID. I got my dress the other day, by the way. Does, oh, does it fit nice? Do you like it? I haven't tried it. Oh, <laughs> the color's really nice, so I got to see Allison's, and I'm really yeah. excited because it's way better in person than it is on that swatch. Yeah. Did I ever show you the swatch? No. Remind me before we leave, or before you leave. I'm leaving too. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm full of it today. So, um, <coughs> pardon me. That's a really good, that's a really fun fact that you just gave there. Did go slightly ahead. Yes. However. As always. Did, that's okay. However, just to kind of circle back a little bit, because I have a couple things. I did the peppering this time. Okay. Obviously, you know, we open up with, the, with you know, him writing his next novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is where we find out that he clearly has some type of a little... Like a little uh, ritual, right? Yeah. So he, you know, s- you know, strikes up that one cigarette, has a glass of. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about the name later. I know how funny it is. Dom Perignon. <laughs> um, yeah. So he finishes the novel, has his little smoke, has his one glass of champagne, and then gets in his car and shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the tune. <laughs> it's just stuck in my head all day. Um, and um, anybody that follows us on social media, if you've seen my social media. Uh, or I should say four for gores. Uh, four for gores. Um, it's been posted multiple times because I can't get it out of my and head. Here we are with the big old storm. Yeah. Can I just say that he's driving like an absolute moron? <laughs> like an absolute moron. Yeah. But before we get into that, I did just want to say, because this is our first introduction to him in the movie. Mm-hmm. So something really fun that I found out about him. Yeah. Is that James Conn once showed up to the set hungover. Oh. And all the scenes he shot that day were unusable. Oh. Rob Reiner told Khan he had to do the scenes again because there was a problem at the lab. <laughs> when Khan <laughs> learned it had nothing to do with, with the lab, he offered to cover the money he lost the studio. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. So he knew he did wrong. He had one too many champagnes and shotguns. <laughs> and shotgun listening. Oh my gosh, so much shotgun. Oh. Um... And so, yeah, just cruising along, Mm -hmm. Um, and can we just say that I hate driving in the snow. Mm -hmm. I despise it. I put my car into two very, very minor mini ditches because of the snow, driving super slow. Yeah. And then just losing control, and I can't do anything about it, and both times I thought I was going to lose my life, and I was probably going five miles an hour. (laughs) It's the slowest. You're like, "Ah." (laughs) you have time to think. Of your whole Everything. life. Yeah. It didn't flash. I, I mean, it took five minutes, but... <laughs> you had to I catalog your favorite memories, at least. I'm like, no, go back finish. to that one. I don't think I want that one in there. <laughs> I had time to think, you know? Oh, my God. Classic. Stop it, Tula. Um, this house, I swear to God, it's a freaking Don't zoo. even get me. I can't. <laughs> it's a zoo. <laughs> You're like, we're never filming or doing this again here. <laughs> um... So, yeah, anyways, just the worst feeling in the world. I hate it. Then the crash. Mm-hmm. I would think that, I know we already kind of talked about how Annie finds him and, yeah. you know, they, uh, she brings, you know, she saves him essentially by giving mouth to mouth. We kind of already touched base on her slinging him over her shoulder. <laughs> just chucking him up like on there. Well, so the thing of it is, um, the book for you, for me, reading the book, it actually starts with um, him being introduced to Annie. 
So, oh. yeah. Like, oh, okay. You find out later what came to be. Right. You know what okay. I mean? So they just do it a little bit backwards. Mm-hmm. In the book. Mm-hmm. But, like, the very beginning, so that's telling then because you're jumping off with what you saw. You know what I yeah. mean? And I jumped off with what I read. Wow. Woo. This episode's working. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind of. We're doing it. Just I'm a the, little all over the place, but I'm trying. Just not the microphones. That's the no. only thing that didn't work. Um, so what happens in the beginning of the book is, um, Paul is actually thinking about his childhood and King uses the ocean tide to help the reader understand, um, like what Paul's thinking about when he's basically laid up at Annie's before he comes to and starts to realize what the fuck's going on. Right. Um, so Paul recalls this memory of his parents taking him to his, to a beach, um, and I didn't understand what the hell he was talking about until I Googled it. He always insisted, he said, growing up, going to this beach, um, on sitting with a clear view of a broken off piling that was sticking out of the sand. Okay. And he always liked watching the tide roll in and start to like cover it. Yeah. But I didn't know what the fuck a piling was. Oh yeah. It's just like a piece of wood. Yeah. Sticking out, like, mm-hmm. like tree, br- it's almost like tree brush, but obviously there's no, I mean, there are depending on. Well, if they were in California. So I Googled it because okay. I had no idea. Um, and I had to because he kept saying pilings. And I have, like, some some things, like, some more metaphor wrapped into it. But it, they're heavy stakes or posts oh, okay. installed to support the foundations of a superstructure. So oh. the, what I picture in my head are, like, maybe pieces of a pier no longer there. Or, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, okay, that's what okay. I visualized when I was trying to understand what he was talking about. Um, so what, pa- what Paul is doing is when he experiences pain, he calls that in his head the pilings. He says, here come the pilings oh. again. And he's describing his pain coming in waves. Oh. And the tide, um, or I'm sorry, the waves, or yeah, I guess synonymous, the tide, mm-hmm. um, is the Novril, or however you want to say yeah. it, or the prescription, that, or that medicine that she's giving him, and that Annie is the moon controlling the cyclic tide that he's trapped in. I just got goosebumps. Isn't that so cool? That's so good. It's really cool. Oh, Steven. I know. Dog. He's amazing, man. He's the best. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's good. Yeah. So that was pretty neat, and I wanted to share because it's those little inside thoughts that you, you know what I mean? No offense, James Caan, but, like, you don't get to narrate no, this film yeah, the way I'm reading it. And you so. don't, yeah, it doesn't really, mm-hmm. that, I don't know how that would go over on film, but that's really cool. Yeah. I really, really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, really, people, with the fireworks. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, okay, and then so the, I'm back to the car scene. Just, I just wrote, yeah, I read, um, what a freaking beast carrying up that hill. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, for us in the movie, we then meet sweet, sweet Annie Wilkes. Yeah. Sweet Annie Wilkes. So we do the car crash, and then, you know, here we are in the house, and you think, oh, my gosh, it's so perfect. She's going to save him. It's going to be great. Oh, wait, the movie's called Misery. Yeah. Never mind. Right. Um... And then can we just talk about, you know, we meet Annie and we find out that, you know, she's this, what we think is this sweet, sweet woman that's just, you know, this little hunkered down little lady that just like lives, like live out in the country and mm-hmm. just real weird, you know, just that off kind of like, she was definitely a dork in school, sorry, but yeah. she was. Yeah. Um, we meet her and then <laughs> she was in like the 4-H club. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, they're like, did you see Annie Wilkes again today? She's wearing the overalls she wore all week. 
That's my picture. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> um, and then can we just talk about we see his legs for the first time? Oh, it's horrific. Vomit. In the book, I, I actually don't have how Stephen King described it in my notes, but I just remember my heart wrenching when he was like going back and forth and debating whether or not he wanted to pull away the cover and look and see what uh-huh. had happened to him because uh-huh. he didn't have he didn't even know if he had legs. He had probably. no idea what to expect. And oh. yeah. And then he's like, my peener's awesome. Okay, great. We're good. We're good. I'll <laughs> yeah, heal. We'll get into that in the movie. I'll heal. Yeah. You know? It'll be fine. Um, just, yeah. And then, you know, how uh, Annie, Annie's talking to him about how she did a really good job and he's got two um, fractured tibias, like both tibias are broken and, and fractured and, you know, how she, oh, there's like no infection. She should be fine. And she did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. And they're just so veiny and black and blue and just utterly swollen and just, oh, God. Yeah. Just makes me want to literally vomit. So yeah. that was fun. Yeah. Lisa's peen's okay. Yeah. Another little fun fact. So since we start to learn that, you know, he's going to do some healing. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a lot of time to heal. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of healing. Uh-oh. James Kahn had to stay in bed for 15 weeks of shooting. Thought it was a sick joke from Rob Reiner. Oh. Yeah. You don't think of how badly that would suck. Yeah. So, like, when I read that, I was like, 15 weeks. Like, if you think about it, I mean, yeah, 90% of it. Yeah. He's lying in bed somewhere or another, whether he's sleeping, having a conversation, just mm-hmm. sitting there trying to... I bet you he got... Well, he wouldn't get bed sores, but I bet you his butt Oh, hurt. my God. I was just thinking that. Yeah. I was like, Kathy Bates should be, like, in her acceptance speech talking about taking <laughs> care of sores. his bed sores. Sorry about the bed sores. Yeah. Yeah. I'm your number one fan, obviously, because I dressed your bed sores. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so nasty. Um, I think her vocabulary is enough to drive me absolutely insane. I don't know. I was going to do, and I decided not to, and I regret it. Um, I was going to do my favorite quotes at the end, but I didn't. I uh, I have some in here, but I don't have. I can't remember how many times she calls Paula don't be in the movie, but she does it like 70. don't be? 72 times in the book, and it drives me nuts. don't be? Like instead, like a like a Mr. Man, huh? She says Mr. Man in the movie. Oh, Mr. Man. Yeah, because I say that to people. Like, uh, Listen here, Mr. Man. Like, Mr. Man. Yeah. No, it's like a, don't be a don't be like a negative, like a downer. Oh, yeah. I don't remember that. Oh, it's horrible. I hate how she talks. It drives me. Oh crazy. yeah. It's I mean, the good worst. job, but like, hate, I hate it. Yeah, it's definitely the worst. <laughs> Um, we learn that the phone lines are down too. She tells him that the phone lines are down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course we know that Marsha, the agent back in New York calls and talks to Buster. <laughs> oh, he's just the best. Um, and I just love how whenever he answers the phone, he's like, this is Buster, the sheriff, detective, retirement organizer, <laughs> fisherman's guide, like whatever. He just keeps going on and on and on and on and on. That was good. And he's like, and if you want to know a good fishing place, well, I think I can help with that too. Or something like that. <laughs> You know, we think everything's, you know, roses and rainbows. Paul's going to let Annie read the book. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other thing, too, because she, you know, I have a quote, too, from her. But, yeah, yeah did, you know, with the book, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, let her read the book. She's such a big fan. Yeah. Let Fast cars. Yeah. 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 She's not a huge no, fan. No, not a huge Not fan. the number one fan of that one, is she? Nope, nope, nope. And I um, like how at one point she says, forgive me for prattling away and making you feel oogie. <laughs> 
<laughs> I hate her. It's book. so bad. It drives me nuts. It's so bad. So um, it like makes me sweaty. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> um, so the part where you know we we she she finally comes through and she starts talking to to Paul about what she thinks of the book. Yeah, and she's feeding him tomato soup. What yeah. is he doing in the book? Whenever she tells him that. Uh, I don't remember. Are you crazy? No, I mean, she's she's trying to feed him tomato soup. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she spills the tomato soup everywhere because she decides to go crazy at one point. Oh, yeah, that did happen in the... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now she says, you know, like, uh, I don't know if I have it in here. I don't think I do, but how she's like, oh, if I go down there, am I going to tell what's her face? I mean, all I do know is that I would like a bastard of a check. <laughs> She mentions she's going to go down and tell Miss Copenhagen or whatever that she wants. Here's a big old bastard of a check. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Oh, so this something else, too, that's kind of fun about, I'm not trying to steal thunder, but there was some really cool, like, scenes, like some yeah. fun facts that came with, like, some of the scenes that were being played. Mm-hmm. So James Conn and Kathy Bates clashed over their acting methods. Conn believed in as, in as little rehearsal as possible. Bates, with her theater background, was used to practicing a lot. When she commented to Rob Reiner that Khan was not attempting to relate or listen to her, Reiner told her to use that frustration toward her character. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I remember, uh, was that on IMDb? Uh, yes, yes. I thought most I, of these, yeah, most of these fun facts were on IMDb. I remember IMDb. that. That's Just a cool. couple I pulled from, uh, from Mental Floss. Cool. They were different. So, yeah, that was, uh, so, yeah, she just kind of freaks out. and Yeah. We learned that Annie's not so sweet anymore. Dude, ways that she's contr- like able to control him in the movie are pretty intense too. Mm-hmm. I mean, and just like physically, emotionally, like and just the sadistic behavior. You know what I mean? And and you just see like he sees her unraveling at parts, and it's just like I don't know. I the one thing that I read that it was interesting in that Stephen King that uh, companion book I told you about. Yeah, that uh, the whole book is like a metaphor for addiction, basically. Um, I think I read that somewhere, kind of. And it reminds me of King, like a reflection that he had, um, or I'm sorry, I was thinking of something I had read King that King had mentioned, um, that Annie Wilkes is actually his favorite character mm-hmm. um, that he's mm-hmm. ever written. Mm-hmm. And he said, as sick with drugs and alcohol as I was much of the time, I had fun with that one. Um and at that time, it was, like, King yeah. was exercising his nostrils and his arms, like, yeah. super extreme when he was writing that book. I read that he was only sober a few hours of the day. Um, and in an interview, he said that the novel itself was about addiction. Um, and a quote that I thought was pretty cool, once in a while, something will declare itself so obviously that it's inescapable. Take the psychotic nurse in misery, which I wrote when I was having such a, touch, a tough time with dope. I knew what I was writing about. There was never any question. Annie was my drug problem, and she was my number one fan. God, she never wanted to, me to leave. Yes. So, pretty cool. Yeah, I did read that exact Weird. quote, and I, I don't know what made me not include it. Maybe because I was like, I just feel like Jill's going to cover this. I, <laughs> well, because it was more about Steven mm-hmm. than it was the movie, so I let it out. So I'm glad I did, because you, well, you cleared it out. You covered it anyways, but that yeah. was... I did read that, and I was like, oh, that is just so, that's so crazy. But it's a really good compare. I mean, it's a yeah. great comparison to what he was going through. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah, we find out that she's nuts. Um, do we get to know Virginia and Buster very much in the book? 
Not that I'm recalling currently. No. 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 They're not like... I mean, they're not huge characters in the, in the movie, yeah. but I mean, they definitely play... I they feel definitely play a part. I'm remembering them from the movie more than I am the book. Right. You know? Okay. Well, I love them. And yeah. um, they're my favorite couple, and Virginia just cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we then see... So, like, you know, we meet Buster and, and, and Virginia, and we find out that they're husband and wife, at least <laughs> in the movie. And, you know... They go out to look for to look for the car and to see if they can't find something. And Buster miraculously figures out that that broken branch that's on the side of the road that he just so happened to see <laughs> is the branch that broke because a car went down there. Right. And then he goes down to try to find it. And him and Virginia get into their little cute married for a million years bicker. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then he comes back up. And then we see Annie drive past and she sees them. Mm-hmm. And we know that Annie knows that they can't find the car because it's probably covered and. She's got Paul back at the house. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They talk about the the uh, her hoping that once the snow melted, that the car would get drifted away with with all, all this, like all the the runoff the, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 So she was always banking on She's that. She's psycho. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she keeps saying, you know, the phones are, you know, the phones have been down. I called your agent. I also talked to the lead orthopedic surgeon at the hospital. And <laughs> he says that I did a bang up job. <laughs> even seeing you yeah that our phone consultation went fantastic <laughs> it was so good did you call my daughter no i talked to your agent she said she didn't talk to your daughter but i talked to the ortho for like hours she probably really would have said that she's crazy my god but i just wanted to say that there were no pigs harmed in the making of this movie did you get to meet misery as well yes of yes? course okay yeah. so she talks about misery yep yep, yep. her pig you hear in the you know off in the distance. Paul will hear the pig squeal. Oh, really? Because they don't. You don't really stuff. hear them at all in the yeah. In the movie. You just meet you meet misery that I'm one time. Surprised about that, right? Um, Paul can hear them, and and especially if like when Annie's left him for a period of time, a couple of the times she's gone into town or whatever to get the paper for him. Yeah. Or, and then another time she disappears on him for a couple of days. And oh God! It's, Ew! That just gave me. <laughs> And you never know when she's coming right. back. Right, that's the thing that's so creepy about yeah. it. He had to go sneak out and get himself some reserves and some food and shit because he had no idea how long she was going to punish him for for doing that. You know, and I mean, like by being away, yeah. it's like, haha. Hope your pain isn't too terrible while I'm gone, and I'm not sure when I'm coming back, so you can just deal with it. Um, oh my god! So he had a lot of time, yeah, to himself to chill, and he could hear the pig, you know, out in the barn squealing because it was hungry because she hadn't been home for a couple of days, and that's what he's looking outside and seeing the yeah the the water frozen in the driveway and thinking to himself, like, could I drag myself out far enough for me to see a, a rare car? You know what yeah. I mean? Or for a rare car driving by to see me and save me. Probably not likely. Yeah. So he's chilling all that time, like you said. Well, some time goes by where he's just in this cycle of so he being. He did get bed sores. He probably was sorry. Jesus. He was, he's not like I'm Canadian. He's very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. We That's don't have great. any fans there yet. So no, I'm sorry. Say don't listen to episode six. Anyways. The nightmares and the daydreams that he's having about her during the this time where you're getting like, okay, so he's in it for the long haul, huh? You know, and that lull that you just said about, um, there's one where she catches him. It's a, you don't know, of course. I'm like, gooseys. Oh yes, you are. You got the gooseys. Ugh, they're painful. Are yours? Yeah, mine got painful when you were Okay, it's not just me. I thought I had like a nerve disorder. No. Uh, so, (laughs) 
<laughs> so there's one daydream he has, and it's so creepy. Well, he has several creepy ones. She catches him uh, having snuck out of his bedroom. Yeah. Right? You know how he gets to be doing that. And holds a gun up to his face and just says, if you want your freedom so badly, Paul, I'll be happy to grant it, and pulls the trigger. <gasps> yeah, and it's just so, like... Uh, and then and then I feel almost sad because for someone in his predicament, he probably woke up and was like, fuck. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, happened. let that be it, please. <laughs> He's like, that was the best dream I've ever had. Oh, oh, shit, I'm here. Back to my nightmare. Yeah. You know? Oh, my God. So, it's pretty it's like, cool. It's like living in, ugh, living in your own mind like that for that period of time, too, is just, oh, my God, it's terrible. Um, So, just to backtrack a little bit, you know, she's getting closer to finishing the book. Mm-hmm. I want to mention that because for someone who's seen the movie a million times, when I know that she's getting almost done with the book, which by the way, when she twirls herself around the room, mm-hmm. um, Nazare, anyways, when she's almost finished with the book, you know, it makes me nervous because I'm like, I know it's coming and it scares me mm-hmm. every time. You mean when she's finishing reading The, the Last the, Misery? Yeah, The Last Misery. Oh yeah, no, sorry. I didn't mean to skip that far ahead. No, 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 you're good. Wrong book. But yeah. she is still almost done with the other book. I, I still gotcha. went too far. I don't know. The Fast Cars, yeah. You're good. And the movie, by the way, to compare, it's called Untitled. Oh, huh. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I but didn't, I did I read a fun that. fact that obviously they were going to change it. They were going to keep it as Fast Cars. And then for some reason, I don't know why. Huh. They, I can't remember what the, the, the fact said that they didn't. But yeah, and yeah, in the book, you're right. It is called Fast hmm. Cars. And then in the movie, it's just called Untitled. But then she is also reading later the she book is, you're talking yes, about now so yes, we're yes. good we're on but, the same page yes we are on the same page but i i skipped ahead in my mind i didn't mean to so anyway she's supposed to, she's close to finishing the first book the, the one that he wrote that's untitled fast yeah. cars um that he swears too much in it when she's looking out the window scene in the movie do you mm-hmm. remember that briefly and she's just kind of like staring out she's very like distant um i have yes yes so before you tell me yours yeah. just something that kind of just for those who watch the movie this will kind of put some things into perspective also. So when Kathy Bates is just like staring out the window and she's very sullen and just kind of telling telling Paul, you know, about how she's most lonely and she had her husband and he left her and, you know, she was at the hospital a lot and, you know, it can be very lonely at the hospital at night. So Rob Reiner picked up, picked up on Kathy Bates getting more and more isolated as the shooting progressed. And told Bates to leave Annie Wilkes behind when the workday was done. Whoa. Ew. She was like Heath Ledger and... Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yep. Yeah, how could you not? Right. I mean, so, can I... Can I yeah. Oh, absolutely. I just wanted to kind of put that in, per- in perspective for people. As I well love as it. Because I knew that you were going to have more detail than I was. No, 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 no. Not necessarily. But I'm glad that you brought up especially the stare. Yeah. Haunting. So I read online that Annie's character has, wait for it, bipolar disorder, a severe borderline personality disorder with schizoids, schizotypal and obsessive compulsive features and sadomasochism. Oh, I check almost all those boxes when I'm PMSing. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't. (laughs) Only... Only every so often, you know, once a month or whatever. I don't terrorize people locked in my home. I just cry (laughs) at them a lot. Which I guess at them. Which I guess could be considered terrorizing. Yes. To some, Uh, they might be like, "Shut up!" But then, on the other hand, Annie, you know, she uh, 
to to help get out some of these feelings and emote a little bit. She just has Paul take his Novril with a bucket of soap floor water. What? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait I'm so confused. Yeah. Sorry, what is that? I mean, so, poison. Oh, disgusting. So she cleans up the mess, like a mess on the floor uh-huh. that... She had had her flip-out moment. Probably the tomato soup. That's a dickens to get up off the floor. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, make you all oogie. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want to be a don't be, so she cleans it. <laughs> Fucking hate that. So she um, cleans the floor, and then she's pissed off at Paul, obviously. She's having one of those manic episodes that we're yeah. having. I have a little, one other little thing that's like... That's fine. But, um, so she goes up to Paul to, like, punish him, and she's like, you want your no-frill? Here's what you're washing it down with. And she holds the bucket out, and he he takes a big gulp. Oh, my God. It's pretty gross. Oh, my God. It'll get your whites whiter. Ooh. Um, Nasty. The book's descriptions of Annie's tics really bring it on home for me, too. Like, what you were saying about her staring off that. So, her silent, like, pauses and dazes are one of the creepiest things I've ever seen. And in the book, when Paul's sitting there looking at her doing that and wondering, like, when she snaps out of this and back into whatever, what mood is she going to be? Or what Annie is she going to be? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like the scariest. So he refers to it in a in the book, I thought this was really interesting, as her unlook. I know. I, I know. It. I hate that so... I'm going to have so many nightmares this tonight. Is, it's all going to be Kathy Bates as Annie Wilkes all night. And this is something so... This was another piece of the book that you wouldn't find in the movie is that he had that, like, um, coined the unlook. He had that coined because um, he was researching. This is so crazy. So I'm kind of going down a rabbit That's fine. He was researching his first, the first book in the Misery series by visiting um, a mental asylum. And he noticed people there doing that and the doctors explained to him that it's just an expression of catatonia um but he was calling it the unlook and that was what he said annie would do and i was just every time one of those scenes happened which there were several of them and he was just waiting there was like a lump in my throat i thought i was gonna barf like it was just it's 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 so good it has you on pins and needles oh absolutely Ooh, i hate it i don't like any of it Uh, oh also i mentioned that um at one point and i don't know if this is in the book at all but this just cracked me up in the movie that whenever she's standing there and you know oh here we go to to circle back to that so she's staring out the window Mm -hmm. it's all creepy it's a very sullen dark dark moment and she says something and then paul kind of responds to her Mm -hmm. and she kind of just snaps out of it and looks at him, and she's just like, y'all finished? And he's, like, pissing in a jug the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then when she takes it from him, this part was funny, she takes it from him, and she's just talking, and she's just talking with her hands while the jug's just kind of, and I'm just like, and he's just looking at the jug, and, just, like, looking at yeah. the head, like, are you going to spill that all over me? Please yeah. don't. Can't wait for you to give um, me my golden shower. Yeah, thank you so much. My <laughs> own golden shower. I've always wanted one. At least it was his own. Oh, my Jesus. To, to move on to, you know, the part that in any movie would scare the shit out of me is it she's finished the book. Uh-huh. And just is standing at the end of the bed. I think that, am I correct or not, that she's just standing at the end of the bed. Is that the scene where the lightning comes in? Regardless, 
It's nighttime. You can see her face glowing from the, the lights and the moon outside. That. Yeah. I don't know if it was that far in advance because he wasn't that far into like getting healed. Mm -hmm. But she just looks at him and says, Dirty bird. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. 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 I got a little goosey. Yeah. From, not the painful ones, but yeah, close. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So yeah, I thought that that was terrifying. And then I think I skipped again. Because now I have slipped away, question mark, exclamation point, question mark. So now I think I skipped somehow that she started reading Misery somehow. Yeah. So it was the Misery. She got the book. So she finished reading, she didn't, okay, I'm getting, she she reads, in her. In my defense, she reads three different things in the movie. She's a fast reader. She's a very fast reader. <laughs> now that I'm thinking She's back on me it, beat. I should have probably done better notes on this. But to, to refresh what I'm trying to say and to say it correctly she does. I don't think she finishes reading his untitled book, the mm -hmm. Fast Car book. You don't hear about it again. She didn't like it because of the swearing, and then mm -hmm. she freaks out. Then she goes to the store and buys the recent copy of Misery, mm -hmm. the one where he killed her. Mm -hmm. That's where she comes in and says, Dirty Bird. Mm -hmm. We're getting on track again. We're Sorry good. about that, everybody. That was a moment. <laughs> um, so I lost myself there. Normally I'm <laughs> lost by other things. Um, and that's where she, she, you know, he says she just slipped away. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, slept away? Yeah. Slept away? Breaks the fuck out and then, you know, attempts to, to beat him to death with, like, a small table. Yeah. Same thing? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they oh. kept that true? Oh, she wigs. Oh, yeah. yeah. She tries to almost beat him and then, mm -hmm. you know, and then gets all quiet again. I don't think I, I don't think I can see you for a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then just like sa like saunders off. Oh my god! Yeah, not saunders off. That's not the right sulks off. Maybe saunter. Saunter is that a thing? I think saunter is more upbeat than it would be sullen. Oh, that sounds so. Yeah. She kind of just maybe like a saunter. She slips away. Yeah, she does. <laughs> Either way, we want her to. <laughs> um. So now we know she's clearly insane. Mm -hmm. And then also, I'm sure this is. I would hope that this is in the book. That right before she closes the door, she turns and looks at him and says, and if you even think about leaving. Mm -hmm. And then she says, like, you know, something about if you even think about leaving, like, whatever, because if I die, you die. Yes. Yeah, she does. Blech. She makes it so known to him in so many ways, like, the, how uh, isolated they are. She yeah. always talks about the neighbors. I don't remember this in the movie. Does she talk about the neighbors that she's, like, convinced hate her? No. No? No. She talks about her the closest neighbors being, like, three quarters of a mile or so away. Like, yeah. long enough that Paul's not going to be hobbling there anytime soon, knocking. Yeah. Um, but she's always saying how much they don't like her and the odds of them ever coming by are slim to none because of that, so don't worry. You know what I mean? It's like... You, me, and misery. Yeah, you, me, and misery. A couple of them. <laughs> Quite a few of them. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so creepy. Yeah, they don't talk about that in the movie. They don't mention neighbors. I mean, you kind of pretty quickly, I feel like just because of the scene of the movie, you get a pretty quick idea that there's not many anything around her. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty desolate out there and that she's pretty much by herself because she obviously makes it very known also, of course, in the movie that like, I got to go into town. Yeah. Every time you have to go into anywhere, it's always like, it's like a good 25 minutes, guys. It's going to be a while. Right. Like, it's not a short jaunt. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, so yeah, you, you learn pretty quickly that like, she's She's pretty much out there. Mm -hmm. so then she leaves after she just freaked the fuck out on Paul about misery dying. 
So she leaves to go into town in the movie. Does she leave him after she freaks out as well mm-hmm. in the book? She goes to get paid. Is that when she's going to get the paper? No, no. This oh. is like in the middle of the night. So she, at least in the book, she, or in the movie, she comes, in the movie, she comes in and this is, she had just finished the newest misery that's actually okay. published. Yeah. And she comes in and she's like, you killed her. Like, you know, how could she slip away? Whatever. And then she leaves, but she physically leaves the yeah, house. Yeah, she may leave at that point, too. She leaves him a couple times. Sounds like she leaves him a lot in the book. Yeah, because one time, it's closer toward the end. This isn't, like, a crazy spoiler. But, like, it's one time she even takes him downstairs, locks him in the basement. Okay. And leaves him. You know what I mean? And there's a couple times where he's left for day, a couple days. Like, Ugh. real, you know. Yeah. Um obviously in a lot of pain they describe him coming in and out of consciousness when it was earlier on that she did that to him because he was in so much pain and couldn't he was like slipping in and out you know what i mean um and just screaming you know himself to sleep oh god poor pilings those damn pilings (laughs) um well it's funny because you know at one point so after so after she does that at least in the movie so this is where paul stupidly crawl falls yeah. Out of the bed. Yeah. Oh! Um, with his broken legs and all. Um, and uh, let's just say that Humpty Dumpty ain't putting him back together after this. Oh, my God. Um, so something kind of fun about that specific scene. So because it was shot at night and, you know, they, it's not like they have, you know, studio lighting on him. It's back in the... what what. I just realized, I don't think... Oh, my gosh. I just realized something. I skipped parts of my notes. Because <laughs> I was about to say back in blah, 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 I never gave you the date of release, which was, by the way, November 30th, 1990. Sorry, oh, good enough. <laughs> and uh, which was way later than I expected. I was going to say, they had studio lights. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> like, not... But what I mean is that studio lights weren't on him in that moment. Like, uh, I gotcha. Scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously the rating is rated R. Okay. I knew I was, like, missing something when I started talking to you about whatever. Um, so the fun thing about that is because it wasn't super lit up and everything, um, for whatever reason, for the scene where James Caan had to crawl out of bed, director director of photography Barry Sonnenfeld spit on the hardwood floor to indicate to where Caan should crawl. Oh. Khan claimed to Rob Reiner and Sonnefeld that it was the only movie on which he ever worked where someone was hawking his marks. <laughs> which That's I thought so was funny. really funny. So, yeah, he, and, you know, it's funny because after I read that, because I did all my facts and everything and then and then watched the movie again, I was trying to see if I could see, like, in the little what yeah. marks on the floor. I couldn't see anything, but I also, I don't know, maybe I missed it. That's funny. But I kept looking to see, like, well, it kind of, like, spit was just, like, or was yeah. it like real spit? Was the guy the like gleeking? Or was he like. That would be a really good stream. Nice I, can run back. I, ooh, I don't know. But <laughs> I mean, Jesus. I guess a little spit. Just whatever. Just never hurts. It never hurts. Um, uh, yeah, so that's, you know, we learn, you know, he crawls out and mm. then. Or no, he doesn't crawl out. Mm. I don't think it gets far. Is Does that he? because he's locked in that time? Because yes. Because there's one. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. Because he needs to get, he uses a pin of hers to open the door the one time she's gone that he's locked in. Yes, yes, which I do mention later. But this scene, I didn't, I I have a feeling that that's not, that's not the scene that he, um, that he made it out. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. He makes it, he makes it out later. Yeah. But either way, so yeah, he, he crawled out of bed and then at least in the movie from what I can remember, somebody correct me, um, tweet at us. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> I mean, please do, but, like, you don't have to. <laughs> we, have one, we have one follower. You know who you are. Um, on Twitter. 
So, <laughs> literally, you know who you are. I don't think he escapes, he escapes is what I'm trying yeah. to spit out. Um, and it just comes to an end there pretty much. And then I guess he passes out maybe. And then she finds him the next yeah. day and says, why did you, you know, why, why did you go and do that to yourself? You know, you're just, you're going to hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not, you know, you're not going to heal. And she's all sweet and kind and mm -hmm. normal with him. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, she's pretty upset about misery dying. Oh. So we have a little bit of an indoor barbecue. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, let's inhale that. I, I just said, I just said, uh, Annie, did no one ever teach you the barbecuings for the outside, or <laughs> you don't do that in the house, especially with uh, extremely flammable paper and uh, paisley, not paisley, um, uh, doilies. Let's bring doilies. it back. Let's bring, oh. it back. let's bring it back. Back to last time. Yep. Um, doily uh, freaking curtains. She like kills misery and brings her in, does like a pork. Like pig roast in there. She's like, "This is how you do it." Apple she doesn't just slip away. She's like, "Paul, turn it slowly from your bed. <laughs> I need it crispy all around. I'm gonna eat the apple at the end and some peanut butter fudge. Oh God, <laughs> some chicken gravy on and I'm gonna, Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna give you mouth to mouth for real. <laughs> With some tongue. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, she sets that shit on fire. Oh, like well, and then I'm sure that they do this as well in the in the in the Nauvoo lighter fluid. How, when she's talking, mm -hmm. she's just kind of slowly tossing it on the bed. Yeah. And she's talking just mm -hmm. to kind of be like, don't fuck with me. I will light you on fire. Yeah. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. so much mind fucking. Yeah. And not really. I mean, she's crazy, but that just has to like, just, I can't even imagine being in that position. Mm-hmm. Nope. Takes you back to the state of masochism. <laughs> me PMS. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> just how sad, how sad he is. When it's all done, when when it's all burnt, because you know mm -hmm. she knows all the all the all the things about him, because she's crazy and she really is the number one fan. Yeah. About how you know that it's it's uh, it's superstition that he only writes one copy. Yes. Yeah. And so he knows. It is heartbroken. Like, it's very or heartbreaking. It's, it's very very sad. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's very it's because it's his it's his it's his first chance to get away from misery, mm -hmm. and he's trying to just like do something different and something new instead of being stuck in that same exact plot line for the rest of his life. Yeah. And you know how he says at the beginning of the at least at the beginning of the movie to his agent like. If I didn't her off, I was going to be writing her for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not fun. That's that's boring. Yeah, he definitely expresses a lot of defeatist, you know what I mean, yeah. feelings and, yeah. and things like that when that happens, rightfully so. Yeah, you do. I feel for him so much in that, in that like, you feel for that character. Like, that's just... He's oh. getting the shit out of the stick, man, in a yes. lot of ways. Oh, yeah, literally. <laughs> and then her just being, oh, heavens to Betsy. Oh, heavens to Betsy. Oh, would you just look at it or whatever she says. I don't know. Don't be a don't be. Oh, she's such an ass. Um, so, uh, and then, you know, after that's all said and done, uh, something that I wanted to mention, uh, bringing in a little bit of true crime. Ooh, tell this. me. So it's, a, it's more of a sidebar conversation, but every time, and especially now that I listen to so many true crime podcasts, but every time that I watch or think about <clears throat> the scene after, you know, after he is all sad and depressed, and then she's sitting in the other room and she's watching the dating game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm sure you probably know this. I love you that. definitely will know this. But for those that don't know this, every time that I think of that scene, now I think of this. 
So the dating show that Annie is watching reminds me of the dating game Killer. Okay. You know, you, you know who this is. Yes. So uh, Rodney Alcara raped and killed between 1977 and 1979. And then in 1978, Rodney appeared on an episode of the dating game and won. But the girl never went on a date with him saying that she just didn't feel right. Yep. I do. I, <laughs> and he had, I think he had just previously like the week before, two weeks before, like killed somebody already. Or not already, but like at that point. And then tried to go on that. And you know what? I looked him up when he was younger because I never looked him up before. Sometimes yeah. I'll look up the people that I hear about. And he was not a bad-looking guy. So, okay. a, a for uh, looks there, buddy. But you uh, you had some problems. Oh my God. So, I but know. I wanted to put that little fun That's tidbit cool. in there. Because every time that I, <laughs> I think of that now, I'm always going to think of... The dating game killer. I think it's hilarious that Annie's like, oh, sorry about your luck, Paul. That's totally lame. I'm going to go out here and watch people find love. That's the other thing. That you it's know, like, it's like the guy is like, you know, <laughs> doesn't even have a goddamn TV or radio in his room. <laughs> no. And she's watching all lighthearted stuff and eating. Dropping my granny papers. Eating everything. Yeah, oh, my God. She loves just, her snacks. Oh God. And then how she's, you know, she comes in later. I don't remember the, the context. I think she's just in there again. And it. This might be, is this? Yeah. This is where she comes in and she's like, just go ahead and write it all over. Just mm-hmm. dedicate it all to me, your stalker friend. Mm-hmm. Like, just please, like, just dedicate it all to me. Just rewrite it. It'll be fine. It's all good. You know, she can't yeah. go that way. Just bring her back. Right. Just yep. bring her back. Well, and then, so did we talk yet about him when he does get out, when she goes, because I think, is it, correct me if I'm wrong, is it the first, like, when she goes to get the paper that he does get out of the room? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm remembering. So, like, in the... I don't think that it is like this in the movie, but, again, correct me. Um, when he does that in the book, he... Is, that's when he finds her scrapbook. But he but he also finds her hair everywhere. Like, not everywhere, like me, like, living with a golden retriever. <laughs> but, like, but, like, she, um, she booby-trapped her scrapbook she would like would attach a piece of her hair around the pages so that she could tell if it were flipped through because the strands were broken no so the the so the scrapbook comes later okay it doesn't come the first time he escapes in the Mm -hmm. movie Mm -hmm. the hair is also not included that i know of that i've ever noticed i should say in the movie little teeny tiny trip wires (laughs) yeah (laughs) For a man that can't walk right now. Grayish brown. Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, no, it's not, it's Mm. not, it's not in there, no. That just, that's a new level there. Yeah, once (laughs) it's, never heard about little hairy tripwires. (laughs) I know what I'm doing tonight. Booby trap in my apartment. It'll be like around the snack cupboard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I told you not to touch my cauliflower crackers. (laughs) I love those things. All these? Cheddar. Oh my gosh. I like all of them. I don't care what they are. They're waiting they're for me. They're so good. I have a box in there. They're not. They're not. Uh, they're not quite gone yet. Um, so yeah, that's not in there. But this is a. I did find it funny that you know whenever she's standing there like making him you know back to him rewriting everything, mm-hmm. and she calls him Mister Man when she gets angry. I really do. Has nothing to do with Kathy Bates. Has nothing to do with uh, misery. It has all to do with. I literally will say that to people sometimes. I'll like say to Dan, we we'll like, what are you talking about, Mister Man? Or like, Mr. I'll go up to Chino and be like, what you doing, Mister Man? I don't know. I just, anyways, I have some connections, I guess. <laughs> oh, that's comforting. Oh, I'm in a yeah, small right? room with you, and no one knows I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> but then we do get into that. You know, bobby pins are you know 
for more than just hair. Mm-hmm. They're they're also a key. Yeah. To get yourself the fuck out. Yeah. And the whole time, I'm sure it, you did the same. You're just rooting for Paul. Yeah. You're just of like course. get the hell out of there. Yeah. I usually am like I'm usually on. Mm. The, I like the the bad people. You know what I mean. I like the villains, but this villain I just cannot get. Behind. No. <laughs> she scares the crap out of me. She's so terrifying. It's an easy film to be like you are rooting for the protagonist. For yeah. Sure. Oh, absolutely. You're rooting for him, and you're like, come on, you can get out of there. Yeah. You got to find a way, even though you're crippled. Um, and I do have to say though, I mean, just in general, it doesn't even really have anything to do with this part of it, but like anytime that he opens a door, I know, I mean, I'm not saying that you shouldn't try, but when he tries to open the front door and it's locked, I immediately said to myself, where are you going to go? Yeah. In a wheelchair, going down some stairs with two broken legs. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry, Paul, where are you going to go? He was trying to figure, could he even bust out a window and crawl out, like, get out of it, and that was when, and, like, yeah. crawl, so, yeah, yeah. they didn't do that in the movie, though, but, yeah. yeah, that would be, oh, I just feel so bad for him. Um, and then this is where we, we do start to see a couple more things about Annie that yeah. are more disturbing than just Annie. So, you know, we find the fake phone. Oh, yeah. That yeah. doesn't even that's work. Weird. Yeah, that's weird. Um, and then we find his shrine. Oh, yeah. So, like, in the, in, the, in the movie, it's just all of his books laid out and then a picture of him that he clearly had signed. So maybe she went and got it signed or who knows. Back then, you didn't order that stuff. You had to go do it, I think. I have one of David Boreanaz. Do you know who that is? I know the name. Why can't I think of who it is? It's Angel from Buffy the Vampire. Oh God! <laughs> I got you one of what's his face, the rapper. Who? The guy. The oh, guy. Matt. Uh, oh, not Matt Miller. Oh, oh, no. Too soon. Too soon. No, no, no. Um, uh, MC Chris. Yes, MC yes. Chris. Yes, 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 yes. I don't. I can't. I have NSYNC signatures. Hmm. I met them. I have Joy Fatone, so I technically have his twice. Hmm. And. So, you know, you're you're rooting for Paul, and then she's getting closer to being home. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I, I I can't even imagine what the book was like, but I was just like, no, 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 please, please, please don't, please don't come home. Please, please, so tense, so very tense. There's so much of him knowing and not knowing what she would do to him, and uh, the idea of him not having, and he, it's not even just <clears throat> her getting home, like, he knows that he's not going to be able to get the fuck back where he needs to in time if he hears that car in the driveway. Yeah. And that is so, you're just on the edge of your seat being like, if she rolls in, he's not getting anywhere. No. He's just going to be sitting there with dog ear and pages of her scrapbook. <laughs> Pull up a chair. It's almost Come time on, for, tell me some more stuff. It's almost time for dating game. And I was reading about your murderous past. <laughs> so, and I like to kill lots of people in the hospital you so, so much love. So many people. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that part's obvious, like super scary the whole time. Every time she leaves, or every time he has a moment that mm. you know, just not knowing. Like that's like the one thing that is so. I think that's the scariest thing about a scary movie is it when you don't know where the villain is mm-hmm. or when they're returning. Mm-hmm. Like anytime that a movie, like Misery, did a really good job in the movie. Even so, like you don't, she doesn't disappear. Obviously, in the movie, like we were saying. But even when she leaves, you're thinking to yourself, okay, so how far is town? Like, mm-hmm. is it 25 minutes? Is it 30 minutes? Is it 15 minutes? Is it an hour? Nobody knows. Like, that's the thing about the movie is that you don't, 
you have no idea how far is everything from her house. Like, how long do you have? And I think that's another thing that probably plays into his into his psyche is it's like, okay, well, she just left, but I don't know. Yeah. Like, she could be gone just driving around and coming back, but if she had to go do something, I wish I knew that it took her. Well, You know what I mean, too? Like, that's what I would be thinking, at least. Like, for me, I think that would drive me a little bit extra crazy because it's yeah. like, well, I don't... She could be five minutes down the road from town. Who I, knows? I would just be in bed the whole time. I wouldn't even try. I mean, I didn't... I'm such a givey uppy. No, I like, wouldn't... I found it. You're probably right. I probably wouldn't actually try it either. I would be too chicken shit. I'd be so terrified. I'd like to give myself credit that I would fight, but then I think after the the first freak out with the tomato soup, I think I'd be done. I think for me, too, it's just that he... Not only does he not know when she's going to come back and he's going to maybe be caught doing something he shouldn't be, but he is also, given his state, reliant on her. There's only so much food in the house. There's only so much he could do for himself at his worst. You know what I mean? And it's like, he doesn't want her to come back and he's scared, but at the same time, he only, he has to figure out a way to like, he would have to be able to maintain and provide for himself too. So it's like, Like what if she doesn't come back? And when he was in all that pain, he was almost like, God damn, where is she? You know what I mean? Like he needed her and that was the go, the whole addictive and she had him stuck. So, you know, it's just, it's scary on like so many levels because there's, yeah, uh, angles to it. There's a lot. Oh yeah. There's a lot of stuff that goes along with it. It's cool. Um, so lots of crawling, crawl, Paul, crawl, <laughs> and, uh, maybe there's more spit on the floor. I don't really know. Um, I'm, I'm sure you could see where he was going. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he knew from the hallway to the fridge, you know, or yeah. whatever the kitchen, the kitchen scene was pretty nasty whenever he tried to like pull his legs up because he uh, couldn't get through the door. Yeah. Oh, uh, that, that, I mean, you don't see his legs, but I mean, just the thought of like them both being, I broke my pinky toe and that was enough. Yeah. That was enough right there. Yeah. Um, terrible. Ugh. Um, and then, you know, he figures out he can hear that she's coming back. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, yeah, super fast for someone who's crippled. Got to give him, like, so much credit for that. He's so quick. Well, and Lots tight, tight doorways. Oh, yeah, tight doorways. The yep. book's very descriptive about his little tire rubby marks, oh. marks on the, on oh, the doorway. Oh, is that another thing that she catches, too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he sure. sees it. Yeah. But, so it, he sees it, doesn't know. I think that's the order of events before the bobby pin is that, or I'm sorry, after the bobby pin is that he sees it doesn't think she does, uses another opportunity she's not around to try to clean it up, doesn't get to the rest of it, and then she had already seen it the whole time. Yeah. And she was like, you really think I didn't see that, Paul? You think I don't hear the broken-ass bobby pin rattling around in my fucking door? And that's how you, I know you got out. Like, she, oh, and by the way, all my scrapbook hairs are ripped. <laughs> so, <laughs> gone. Way to she's, go. man, she's a detective. Oh, oh, when he first rolls out, though, this is something important in the movie. Very important, because you just made me think of this. So her attention to detail. Mm-hmm. When he first rolls out of the room when she goes to get the paper mm-hmm. he bumps into that little table with all the trinkets on it yes the penguin falls he catches the penguin it doesn't break he thinks he's in the clear puts the penguin back backwards yes we see that as the audience but he thinks that he's in the clear and he is not right he is definitely not that little penguin is telling yeah he's de- very telling and she's psycho yeah so, yeah um but yeah, so attention to detail, that is one of the parts that you do notice. Mm-hmm. But so he starts scrambling back to the room. Mm-hmm. And then when he finally gets back to the room, Bobby, crotch Bobby pin for the win. Yeah. Because he likes to put things in his crotch. And yeah. Really, he has nowhere else to put them. But it just, yeah. he puts them in his crotch. Right. Good job, James Conn. Go, dude. 
I was going to say something, but it was going to be really inappropriate. <laughs> 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 Offline. Sorry, sorry. I just love me some James Gunn. Um, so, anyways, he, you know, he gets, you know, he gets back in and then, you know, gets back up into the seat and is perspiring. Mm-hmm. And thank God she just, in that moment, at least thinks that he's just in so much pain. Yeah. And yeah. she's just like, let me get your novel. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, don't mean to, you know put you through all this and once again she's acting totally fine yeah because oh we forgot to we forgot to mention her another little like moment of hers that whenever he says you know um you know she wants him to rewrite the book the reason she leaves to go get the paper is because it smudges Mm -hmm. and that part was really kind of you see more crazy coming out. Yeah. Because she's like, oh, well, my paper's not good enough for you. Yeah, she was insulted. Oh, yeah. She bought the good kind. She got the, He's like, it's, it's not the good kind. It's not the good kind. Right. Moron. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's the whole reason that, like, you know, and she's crazy, and then she comes back, and she's fine again. Mm-hmm. Um. I guess crazy's not the, you know, she's got problems. Anyways. Um, really? I hadn't caught on that, <laughs> to that in the last two hours. Oh, my God. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> But this is the longest. I knew this was going to be a long one, though, um, just because of the the how much stuff there is to talk about between the two of us. Um, so, I also almost vomited whenever uh, she, you know, finally gives him the paper, and she's like, "Just think of me as your inspiration." Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, oh gosh, mm-hmm. it's just so disgusting. Uh, <laughs> just <laughs> one thing to say. So skipping ahead a little bit. <laughs> Oh my god, this is so funny. So we skip ahead a little bit, you know, Buster, the sheriff. Don't forget about Buster. He's very important in the movie to me, at least my little heart, because he's just so precious. <laughs> but Buster um is still trying to find the car and he locates the car um when they're flying around in the helicopter. Mm-hmm. So they they find the car, there was enough, you know, some of the snow had melted a little bit and they're starting to see it. So they go down and there's in the movie. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's so funny. So there's a police, like a police officer reporting that Paul's car is being found and Mm -hmm. it was kind of brutal and he's on the news and then he just pretty much says like, we don't know if we're going to find him. He could be out there eating by animals or whatnot. He doesn't even, like nothing positive. Like we haven't talked to his, like nothing like we we talked to his family and we're doing everything we can to make sure that we can't find him. We're not going to find him out there in that shit. He's a realist. He got killed. He's a realist. He got got murdered. (laughs) Most people would call that pessimism. I call it realistic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. We go back to the house, you know, we're back to the house now, and this is where um, Paul's just sitting there. Oh, when he was, another, see, these are all things that, like, are just coming back to me. I'm really sorry, because they're all important plot plot points in the movie. <laughs> Whenever he goes and he explores the first time, he grabs a bunch of nap, uh, nap, navrol or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Does he do that in the book? Yeah, he yeah. stocks up. He gets a knife, he gets some navrol, he gets... Um, what random food that would hold him over? Like, I think he grabs like some beef jerky. He hates her food. He's like, yeah. this chick is disgusting. Yeah, but like, <laughs> she can't cook for shit. She has the worst diet ever. She's like a nine year old. Uh, so, so he does stash, you know, some things, yeah. some stuff that he can get, including, like I said, a knife. So. Yeah, he d- he eventually gets a knife. Not in the first round, but he gets the novel in the first round. Mm-hmm. And then he's sitting there and he's trying to figure out. You know, he's got all this Navarone, what to do with it. And um, once again, she's in the other room just watching TV, and mm-hmm. he's in his room watching paint dry. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so this is where he gets smart. 
and he creates, he gets out, he takes that little piece of notebook paper and he kind of creates a pocket and then he takes the Navarol and oh, realizes yeah. that it's the capsules that can kind of come undone with the powder in them uh -huh. and just starts pouring them into the, into the little paper pocket. Yeah. And so we're now trying to figure out like, what are you going to do with that? I know. And how are you going to make this, excuse me, work? He doesn't plan, he plots. Right? Mm-hmm. Um... I also just love, uh, can we just say that, so, The Shining came out 1980, right? Mm -hmm. 1980-something. I think so. Um, I have to say, whether or not Stephen King or the, you know, the screenwriters or whoever did this, I kind of appreciated, in my mind, when he first sits down to write the book for the first time, like the next day or whatever it mm -hmm. is, or he's trying to write it, he sits there and he just he kind of like blankly stares at the typewriter and like you can tell he's irritated and annoyed and pissed off. Yeah. And he just types fuck, 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 yeah. fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> I immediately thought of The Shining and yeah. thought of, you know, the famous scene. So I don't know if that was on purpose. I'm sure it wasn't, but I just, is it in the book? No, I'm no. just thinking about uh, in The Shining and what it would say if it were Paul instead of, <laughs> it'd be like, all misery and no fast cars make this Paul a dull boy. <laughs> I mean, I mean, hey. And that's a long sentence. It'd be like, ting, and he'd have to, <laughs> all misery and no fast cars. <laughs> Makes Paul Sheldon. You have to put that in there. Oh, yeah. Sounds better. Makes Paul Sheldon a dull boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be so good. So. I would be his number one fan. I would read that. Oh, I would. Yeah. Absolutely. Just over and over and over and over and over. I wouldn't forget nearly as many plot points as I am than this one. <laughs> I just keep forgetting so many per like important parts. Um, I'm letting like, you guide me because it was three months ago that I read it. And I know I'm like, that's why eh. I keep like asking too because like not be. I mean, you it's have helpful. a lot. You have a lot of great stuff, but that's why I'm like, did this happen? Did that happen? What was this like? Oh, we find uh, out really fast that Annie really likes the movies. You know, the part whatever he's trying to like type, and she's like asking him how it's going, mm -hmm. and she doesn't like one of the parts or something in the book, and she wants him to rewrite it, and she's telling him. About how, mm. about how, you know, I had it quoted somewhere in here, but just pretty much like how like it was to go to the movies as a kid and how you would go to like different episodes rather than like one mm. full movie. Yeah. It's just how she acts. Oh my God. She, uh, yeah, Something because. Cock-a-dooty car. Because she said that he copped out and that there was no chance that Misery could have gone, come back the way that he wrote it. So right. that he had to restart it. And she goes on this in the book, a tirade about going to the movie, the pictures when she yeah. was young mm -hmm. and that one of the cliffhangers of her favorite show or whatever it was that she would go see that it was, it was, they, they jumped the shark and she was pissed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she does talk about that a lot too. And like goes on this big rave, like rant about it. Yep. And he's like, Ooh. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah. sorry. You know? <laughs> she is. He's like, see. didn't mean to take the easy way out. I've only been crushed from below the waist. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just thought maybe you'd let this one slide, but fuck you. I'll go write it again. Yeah. Just keeps typing it over and so over. So frustrated. Um, and then they, they, uh, they have dinner together mm -hmm. and this is where the plan comes in. Well, this is where he thinks, at least in the movie, of how mm -hmm. to give her the drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that part that much from the book. No? Mm-mm. What happened with the drugs in the book? How did he, did he try to get, go through with that plan? I don't remember that part. You don't that 
shit. I remember doing that, but I don't, I can't remember, remember like, what happened. executing well, it, it. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't work well. Mm-hmm. So he is successful. He asks her to, you know, they sit down mm-hmm. and they're having dinner. Uh, with, meatloaf with some spam, mm-hmm. which is just, okay. Delightful. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, she can't cook um, and her food sucks apparently. So, but, so they're sitting there and they're having dinner and... He tries to buy himself some time. Yeah. So he asks her if they can have some candlelight. Yeah. And Set the mood. She goes to. It's hard to roll on that. I'm sorry. They. Um, she goes to get the candles, and he takes that little pocket, the little pill pocket that he put all the powder in, and he pours it into her wine. Mm-hmm. And then kind of swirls it around and sets it down. And then she comes in, the candle, and then you're like, "Oh my gosh, this is gonna be so great." They toast. Yeah. And you're like, "This is gonna be so awesome." She's gonna drink it. And then she goes to say something or do something, and she crashes her yeah. fucking wine in the candle and pours the wine all over the place. Mm-hmm. And all that hard work goes to shit. Yeah. Makes yeah. it really sad. It's a bummer. It is a bummer. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, the wine spills. I'm trying uh, to think of, like, some of the bigger parts that come next. Because I have a lot of, like, little things that aren't really more I'm looking at. I'm like, oh, that's not important. It's <laughs> um, not important. What was I typing? Um, that was really just for me. Now that I'm reading it, adore the montage of sexy James Conn just typing away. <laughs> I love a good montage. I do too. And he did just like. Well, he's like that till his fucking typewriter starts throwing letters and he wigs out. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, tell, tell me about it, because the only other thing that I have after that doesn't have to do with, like, I would go too far. So, like, what happens with the typewriter? What, so, as <laughs> the story goes, so, it's kind of cool in the book, because they'll take breaks from the Annie Paul stuff, and you'll actually read what he's writing her. Oh. Yeah. Now, I don't like the book. It's terrible. But, <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, at yeah, one point, that's when she why, talks about it in the movie, I'm like, that sounds terrible. I would never read that. There's a reason he didn't want to write that shit anymore. Right. You know what right, I mean? Right. And I didn't want to read it anymore, either. I was no. like, oh, how many more pages? I would, like, peek ahead. <laughs> and the reason I could do that... It is because in the book, when you're reading the story Paul is writing, it's in more of a typewriter print okay. font so you can distinguish. Oh. And the cool thing, another cool thing, until almost the end where it gets damn irritating and difficult, as the typewriter throws letters, it also, they start to take them out of the, the text in the book. So you're having That's to... cool. It is cool. And uh, so, of course, the letters most used in the English language like N, T, and then E later on are the ones that start to go missing. And really reading it, you're like, what the fuck is that? Like, I, I <laughs> is that even a sentence? I was like, I'm trying to read a book, not play Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> I don't want to buy a vowel. I already bought the book. Can I have an N? How many of them are there? So in the book, they talk about, and I think this is in the movie as well, that she'll fill in the letters for him. Okay. Um... But the funny thing is, in the book, when you read it, they're not fucking filling in any letters. So it is a little difficult. But I did think that that was kind of creative and, and pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and, and he's real, he's so cynical about it, too, because he hates that typewriter. He hates yeah. it. Um, except for it makes for good lifting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good mm-hmm. muscles. Yeah, that was part of the montage. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah, getting oh, the, working it out. Shit. Getting the tries up. Oh, my God. Up you're, and to, you're about to beat the shit out of somebody. Hardcore. So, um, but he says <clears throat> to himself... Uh, when, when it throws the E, okay, toward, like, that's closer toward the end of the book, yeah. but then I'm in the, like, mid-200s, to give you a feel for yeah. where I was oh, at. Oh, nice. Uh, so he says, just to add to the fun, the old royal has now thrown the most frequently used letter in the English dictionary, E. Like, he's just, like, 
He's like, I can't. I can't and then he can it. hear hear them rattling around inside of it and stuff uh, too. And he's just like, I need a typewriter, not a rattle. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this thing. I love that. That's um, so great. But yeah, so uh, the his book that he was writing just reminds me of why I don't read books with Fabio on the cover. Um, so yeah, no, not interested. Pretty in much that something shit. similar like not, that. Not, not, not interested in that at all. So. Oh, okay, so at one point she leaves again to go, this is where she, at least in the movie, she leaves to go during the day just for whatever reason, and this is where Paul explores again, and he gets, at least for this, he gets the knife, and this is where he finds the scrapbook. Okay. So this is where we start to learn that Annie, we already know that she's not all there, we understand that she's obviously got some serious problems, but now we also know... That she's murdered people. She's got a history. A checkered past, if you will. Yes, a lot of (laughs) problems uh, have occurred. Uh, And it's it's everything. It's like all the shit that you and I listen to on our true crime podcast that we love to listen to. That, um, you know, nurses that kill patients. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, great, fantastic, Annie. You were a nurse, but you killed people. Mm -hmm. And you did it on purpose. You didn't try and alluded, uh, I mean, went to trial and everything in yeah. the book, and, and yeah, and uh, got away with it, and you know, pretty, pretty awesome that she kept a scrapbook, little trophies. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Oh, it's so creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, oh, so he hears her coming again, mm-hmm. panics, gets into the room, and uh, I don't think that this is. This is, this is at night or it doesn't matter, but it's terrifying that she walks in the front door and doesn't come in, but she just stands in front of his door Yeah. at one point and just doesn't, doesn't move for like a second or two and then just walks away. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Like, I don't know what that could have been. Um, and then in the middle of the night, she obviously comes in and drugs him and passes, you know, shoots him up with something and mm-hmm. makes him pass out. Oh God. And then the next scene. <laughs> the scene. That's what it is in my notes. Yes. Yeah. The scene. I don't even need them. I scroll right by. Yep. Yeah. Different. You already told me this before. Yeah. Different in the book than it is in the movie, but equally awful. And I have a fun fact about it. Good. Do you want me to read that now? Yeah. Or do you want to go first? Uh, it's up to you. Mm, you tell yours first because I, my fun fact has to do with what happens. Oh, cool. So since they're different, sure. I'll let you start. Well, I will wrap it up in a bow. Uh, it's horrific, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, instead of what you see in the book or in the movie, I apologize. Um, <laughs> it's a little different. Something, something. A little different. Um, instead of what happens for your verge, she, um, amputates both of his feet and cauterizes the wounds with a blowtorch. <gasps> <laughs> so uh, that's much more gruesome. And she does it with an axe. Ah. Um. She well <clears throat> to her to her credit, she does also um, chuck some betadine on first for you know to help with uh, infection things like that. So she's you know she's trying. She's being conscientious about it. Oh my god! Um, green here. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, he, you know, she reminds him during it, you know, I'm a trained nurse, don't worry. And it's like, nurses don't typically use apps. Yeah, no, this, and they typically don't do amputations either. Well, sometimes you got to improvise. <clears throat> um, you know, so a lot of description of 
Oh, God. When she picks up one of his feet, he sees his toes twitching. Ah! <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Pretty amazing. Like, very, Yuck. very descriptive. Quick like a bunny, though. She's just like, boop, let's get this done. Let's yeah. just do it, Paul. Like oh. a Band-Aid. Oh, my God. Mm, so then she band-aids them yeah just just a couple Mm -hmm. just one on each (laughs) she's like i am stuck on band-aid band-aid stuck stuck on on me yeah stuck on your cauterized wound (laughs) (laughs) so gross so obviously you know he wakes up he's tied down right same thing however in the movie what we see and what we hear is annie starts telling him a story about how the people that used to work the diamond mines that, you know, they would be hobbled mm-hmm. and um, that was their punishment for stealing. Ugh. And so she takes a block, oh God, a block of wood and Annie in the movie uses a sledgehammer. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I forgot. Yeah. <clears throat> so she takes I thought a, she, I was thinking a doll under the axe. I don't know why I was yeah, thinking that. Nope. Takes a sledgehammer and then takes the piece of wood, pretty thick piece of wood. Sticks it in between the insides of his ankles, as if his legs just kind of spread apart. And then proceeds—I don't do well with broken bones. If you haven't told, if you haven't been able to tell, then she proceeds to take the sledgehammer and crack the one his his technically his left foot inwards, so it breaks his ankle completely. (laughs) And then turns and starts to walk over to the other side and says, "It's okay, just one more." Or something like that. And then proceeds to break the other ankle the same exact way. And at one point he, James Khan, Khan, excuse me, James Khan actually twitches so beautifully that you believe in that moment that he literally just had both of his ankles broken. Mm -hmm. But my fun fact, and I had to say that quickly because it just really bothers me. But my fun fact, as fun as you want to make it, um, (laughs) is that there was a big debate as to whether to keep the foot axing scene in the movie. And it almost cost them a director. In the book, Annie chops off one of Paul's feet with an axe. George Roy Hill, director of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, The Sting, and Slapshot, agreed to direct Misery, then quickly changed his mind once he realized he couldn't handle the lopping scene, which Goldman insisted be left in. This led Reiner to just direct it himself. It 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 also may have influenced him to change the script for Annie to just break Paul's ankles. Goldman later admitted Reiner was right. Bates was initially disappointed, which this is later you're going to be like, wow, really? But um, because I have something else that kind of contradicts us a smidge, but it says um, Bates was initially disappointed that the axe scene was changed to the sledgehammer. (laughs) Khan's fake life. So she was kind of upset about that, whatever, not whatever. She was just like disappointed. And then Khan's fake legs were made out of gelatin. Mm-hmm. Armatures with wire were inserted into the prosthetic ankles so that after Annie hit them with the sledgehammer, they would bend at the desired gruesome angles. There were holes so that can uh, I keep saying can even though I know it's Khan. Khan could uh, slip his legs, his real legs, up to the knee. Yeah, that's so, so cool. So I thought that that was, uh, <clears throat> I wonder if it made cute noises when <sighs> she hit it. If crunch. it was like, crunch. Squish. <laughs> no. Squishy. Squishy. Jello Jiggler. <laughs> That's what it looked like. So nasty. Oh my god, just so terrible. And how those legs looked. Oh god. Well, they looked better at that point until she broke them and chopped them off. Annie's batting whatever decent is. <laughs> she's got a swing on her. 
Bill's on the sleigh. Bell her up. Oh, and then we, you know, help's on the way, but nope, she just, like, because now we're starting to get to the end. Yeah. So, help is on the way, but it's not, because, like, you know, little asshole Annie, I call her asshole Annie, get it? <laughs> little asshole Annie. Needs to knock, needs to knock him out. <laughs> and then Buster. Oh. Oh, Buster. So sorry, buddy. Yeah. Comes to try to save the day and gets all snoopy in the house. I think it's different in the book in that yeah. it's two, I think mm. it's just two cops. Like, one no. cop, one cop comes and she kills him. Shoots him? What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Paul sees it from the window and it sucks. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yep, because be actually, fun. actually, I di- now I'm thinking of it more is that a cop rolls in because they are searching for him because of the car spotting. Yeah. And Annie, of course, intercepts him outside. But the cop looks over at the window and Paul's sitting at it. And Paul sees the guy. He reads his lips and he said, oh, my God, it's him. Because he recognized him from a, a missing at, like a missing poster. <sighs> so he sees Paul. And Annie sees him, see him, and is like, later, not oh, happening. no. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what she does with his body, though. I like to think she fed him to misery because she was, like, not feeding her regularly yeah, enough. Yeah, no. Apparently. I think that she probably definitely did. That's what I would do. I panicked for a second. I thought that was self-reporting. Um, yeah, so that that's, you know, if... Mm-hmm. Buster is safe, and then he hears something in the basement, and now he's not safe anymore. Yeah. And she blows a hole in his chest. Yeah, it's hardcore. I like, <laughs> oh yeah, like blows it. It's got, like, he's dead. Yeah. Like, there's no saving that man. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, and uh, then she, you know, stands there and, and, you know, says that she's got two bullets. Mm-hmm. One for him and yeah. one for, one for her. So now it's a murder-suicide. That's yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's like romantic. It's kind of romantic, mm. except the murder part. Yeah. Just take the suicide into it. Because <laughs> that's the most romantic. That is the most romantic. <laughs> At least here it would be, just for her. Get out of here. Um, so she pulls him upstairs, and she wants him to finish the book. Or he does finish the book. Does that happen in the, like, he finishes Misery? Um, well, before that happens, um, so he's pissed at her because, well, you, uh, can you believe he's mad at yeah, her? Yeah, I don't understand. 
Why would you? Why wouldn't you just love that woman? So he's uh, he's frustrated with himself because he hates the typewriter, and he keeps telling himself in his head, "Complain to the complain to the boss, complain to the boss, like mm. bitch about it yeah. and get something better." Because mm. the keys are getting, like I said, dropped right. and they're breaking off, and he can't use it, and he knows. He's going to have to switch to longhand soon, and he knows how badly that's going to suck. Yeah. So she, he finally does, like, flip out about the, the typewriter and how sucky it is and that he doesn't like it. So she amputates one of his thumbs. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Approaching home play to the book's ending. We're almost there. I'm right with you. It's just that that happens in the, in the book oh. and not the movie. So, yeah. So um, she de-thumbs him. Um, I can't recall which one. Um, I hope that he's a, a right. But he couldn't be a co-host on this podcast because you need two thumbs for us. Oh my god, good, good one. So, so you sorry. don't be able to give one. Yes. You're out. You're yep. out, Paul. Sorry, dude. Um, so yeah, that <laughs> happened. Um, and then I read something that okay. So not long after she de thumbs, he describes having the gata in the book. Okay, and that is basically. Um, the essence of keeping your audience just so engaged and having to know what happens next. Mm. You have the gotta, right? Yeah. So mm. he equates the gotta to being the, the reason why he's still alive because she, of course, needs to know what happens to misery. I gotta know. I gotta yeah, know, yeah, yeah. right? Um, and he's also thankful um, that he has that quality. It's almost like the gift of the gab in writing, right? Or whatever you're yeah. captivating your audience with. Um, and he thanks it for not having, you know, still having his penis instead. Because <laughs> uh, he was like, well, it could have been worse. Like, he was, like, making himself laugh about losing a thumb. He's yeah. like, could have been south of the border, and that would have sucked way worse. <laughs> uh, so, so the, but the reason I thought about or took so much of that gotta away was because I had read Again, going back to that Stephen King book earlier I mentioned, um, that at a fundraiser, Kathy Bates introduced Stephen King um, to speak at it. Oh, yeah, and nice. I wish I, I wish I had taken down what fundraiser it was. I can't remember now. Um, but she opened with saying that she was his number one fan, which That's is great. Awesome. Um, but then she also talked about, you know, how proud she was to have her name associated with that movie. And she told everyone, and she said that, I know how morbid this is, but I know the name Stephen King will be included in my obituary one day. Oh, um, I mean, he, yeah, that's awesome. Very. Um, but then anyway, so Bates closed her speech introducing, like I said, Stephen King saying he's got the gift of the gotta. I gotta turn the page. I gotta see what happens next. I know I gotta get up early tomorrow morning to go to work, but I gotta keep reading this book. Oh, so when oh, I love that. Paul was talking about Annie and his gotta and everything. Yeah. I thought of that interview or that oh, excerpt. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just oh, I love actors and stuff. It's great. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Just I get real emotional. It's really weird. So good. Oh, it's so good. So then we, you know, <laughs> he finally finishes the book. Mm, or he's going to finish the book with some Don Prignon. <laughs> I know. She calls it wrong, Sarah. Yep. I know you like that fancy stuff, that dog Prignon, or whatever she yep. says. Yep. Oh, it's so good. I'd rather pronounce it that way than sound like a dick and say it the real way. I gotta be now honest. Now I can't even think of it. Don, Don Perignon. I is... sound like such an anus. Oh, I'd so rather say I. Don Perignon. <laughs> Perignon. <laughs> um, and then, once again, Paul loves to shove things in his pants. Mm-hmm. 
But what else do we have in there? <laughs> do tell. <laughs> nope. Oh, okay. That's okay. Not going to go there. This is not a, a, a totally... It's alone this stuff. Is, this is not an NC-17 podcast. It's alone stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Just teasing. Oh, my God. So, um, something else is kind of uh, interesting is that uh, Kathy Bates did not like the violence in the film. Mm. Uh, and this is kind of interesting because of what's about to happen. She would get upset and she cried right before the big fight scene in the end. That's very strange. Doesn't that totally contradict what you said earlier about yeah. her? What? Yeah. Maybe True she... story there, but they both came from IMDb. And they both were on... Well, one out of the two was on... I want to say... No, they both were. They both were on those two websites that, that I mentioned. That's so weird. Isn't that funny how she was like, oh, yeah, I wanted to chop off his foot. Yeah. Like she was worried about the, the violence yeah. at the end. Well, the end was fighting. Yeah, well, and maybe at that point, too, she was thinking, like, she had, even though you said earlier, too, that, like, she had become with, started to become withdrawn in yeah. real life, and Rob Reiner yeah. was like, chick, take it easy with yeah. this role. You'll be here forever. Uh, <laughs> we're going to leave you here in this cabin. No one has given you an but Academy Award. Gonna... They won't want to invite you. <laughs> No matter but, how nice you think you are. But maybe she had grown attached to her, you know what I mean, co-worker, her fucking... Uh, true. You know, James Conn and was like, I don't... I would have. And also, too, who wants a typewriter heaved at him? Uh, no. Sucks. Nope. No. No. Yeah. I'm still shit. recovering from the first time it happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> I was glad mine was missing letters. It weighed less. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, so the first, so big fight, right? Mm-hmm. Big old fight. And I, can, I, I was not paying attention when I was taking my notes to the fight in general because I'm like, okay, well, they're fighting. So the only two big things that I always will remember is that the best part ever, whenever she takes the, what, what catches fire? Because he takes the burning paper at one point. Oh, he lights the fire. Yes. He does it to because he's punishing her. He's right. like, check oh, it out. Oh, because it's the last page. It's done. That's right. Ready. That's and then right. he sets it ablaze. And then she freaks the fuck out. And that's when they start to fight. Yeah. And so the burnt paper, I mm-hmm. love how he just shoves it in her fucking mouth. Yeah. And he says, you want it? You want to eat it? Eat it, you crazy fuck. Or something like that. It's like that in the book. It's, it's intense. Like, and how he just, like, shoves it in her mouth. Oh my god, she deserves every second of it. It's good. Every second of it. It's a great fight. And then the iron to the face. Oh! Brutal. Uh, she's finally a goner like the patients that she killed. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the book, he's terrified because he thinks she's... he He's thinking she's dead, right? He's yeah. trying to be... But he also knows how fucking dangerous and how cautious he needs to be and he's on the outside of the door mm-hmm. and can see her fingers coming from under the door oh see that's not the, oh yes oh that just gave me chills yes. oh no and, oh i'm having so many nightmares and and then uh so what happens is he's outside of the bedroom like i said she's locked in there he has her in the room post fight and uh Policemen, two policemen do come to the house because oh. because the other cop disappeared first of all, so that's a little suspicious. You know what I mean? The <laughs> guys, yeah, yeah. Um, so two come to the house to find him, but I mean the whole time Paul is just 
absolutely terrified that she's still alive in there. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm locked in this house. And he didn't even know if it was, anything was still on fire in that room. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to be able to fucking escape. So he's terrified, but he doesn't want to open the door to find her because he thinks that there's a chance she could still be alive. And he's also been her, her captive all this time, so he is conditioned. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's terrifying. And the cops, when they get there, are like, what? Foot, footless <laughs> what guy that? that we kind of recognize? Uh, will you sign my copy? We love your book. Will you sign my copy of Misery? <laughs> Always in my butt pocket. Uh <laughs> notes in the margins uh so like she you know he they come in they save the day ish they bust in the door and they're like there's nobody in there oh my god no she yes no oh my gosh i have so many pieces out the window and they find her dead in the oh okay so they do find her you know but i mean paul you know he was I was like, that was his worst fear. Was yeah. that she wasn't dead when she he left yeah. that room, and he knew it. You know what I mean? And to oh some extent. God. So that was pretty insane. Um, so yeah, that was really cool. And then um, I don't remember. Is the it just over the movie? I can't uh-huh. remember. So the at the end of the book, he um, you go with him. You t- go along with him on his journey. Yeah, he's going through rehab for his you know missing feet. Yeah, oh. you gotta relearn how to do some shit. Yeah, just a little bit, as uh, well as a uh, hitchhike. Yeah, yeah, he can only do, he can only do it if he's going west. <laughs> we don't know which some. Yeah, uh, west. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> it's west. Depends what side of the highway you're on, or you just have to aim your butt at everyone. <laughs> and they're like, "Ooh, is that Chance Con butt?" Oh, Ooh, I would know. You'd pull over. <laughs> but you need a ride. I don't care if you're missing a thumb or two feet. <laughs> so. I love a good hobbled. <laughs> uh, so you see him getting back to, quote, the new normal for him. Yeah. Right? And he's in his... Uh, oh, I'm trying to think. There's a couple of scenes, actually. He's talking about another book option with his agent, and <clears throat> they want him to write a book of his experience. Of oh, yeah. They, they do have that briefly. At the, so, the, the yes. That part's yeah. probably similar. So they do yeah. that, and then, you know, yeah. he tells her, like, he thinks about Annie quite often. How couldn't mm-hmm. you? And, mm-hmm. you know, it was a really tough experience and then in the movie you know he thinks that he sees Andy rolling up with like the dessert cart mm-hmm. and she just pulls out a knife mm-hmm. but then you know it's just some actual waiter or waitress and yeah. she's like I'm sorry you call Sheldon I'm your number one fan and he's like that's Ew, sweet gross. that's great yeah he's like do you have any spam meatloaf because that's my favorite <laughs> that's my favorite uh, well, do you have it- any red wine that has uh, nut roll in it <laughs> I, love I need my fix now <laughs> uh- <laughs> So, well, he, so he goes home after being out at a meeting, you know, book yeah. stuff and, uh, you know, getting back but to his, say a book thing. getting back to his career <laughs> what a loser. And, uh, <laughs> and he goes, uh, home and he opens his door and goes in his apartment and she's there and what? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's approaching, she's approaching him and it's. I can't, I wish that I could remember more of the details because it's so scary. And you as a reader, you're like, what the fuck? Like, Yeah, how? there's no way. How? No, this is impossible. But it's, it's, it's played out so well that it's like that jump scare at the end of a movie, you know, yeah. I mean, type of thing. And then, of course, he realizes, holy shit, I'm going to be dealing with this forever. And it basically yeah. ends. Um, so it's not too terribly different, but it is a little bit different. Yeah. You know? I, uh, I also kind of, 
notated just like a mental note that it's like back to reality, back mm. to having nightmares for the rest of my life. Yeah. So. Definitely. Yeah. I said back to life, back to reality. Just to having nightmares for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But such a good freaking movie. The yeah. book, I'm so excited to read it. Yeah, it's very good. I'm so excited. I, have, I told you all about it, so. Yes, I mean, but still, <laughs> there's quite a few things that I'm still interested to read and to, like, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yep. So, um, I guess now we, we do the thing. Do you want to talk? Oh, uh, why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Um, okay, so mine's a combination. So since I did the movie, mine's a combination of I'm biased because I'm obsessed with Kathy Bates and I'm obsessed with James Caan. Mm-hmm. Like, regardless of, like, being in love with him or just thinking she's great, they're both phenomenal actors, actresses, uh, on their own. Um, Rob Reiner does a great job of just in general, and I'm getting into this more than normal because this is one of the first movies that I actually feel like I know mm-hmm. over the times, uh, over the other ones that we've watched. Mm-hmm. And so he always does a fantastic job on his movies also. So just how he tells stories as a director, but I just love the story. I think that it's fucked up. It's creepy. It's got that, like you said, like that psychological not, maybe not so much like you said, it's not totally a thriller, but it kind of is just a thriller. There's not that much horror to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It always keeps you guessing. It always keeps you like wanting more and like wanting to know like what is the next thing? Like what is she going to do next? Like mm-hmm. what, how your, your mind plays so many tricks on you when you watch that movie. Because mm-hmm. you don't know. Like especially going into it for the first time. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know someone's perspective that has never watched it. Well, I have you listen to this podcast. I guess it doesn't help. <laughs> but maybe somebody else if you know somebody that hasn't seen Misery. Anyways. Um, but I'd like to know like people's for the first time experience. Mm-hmm. That's so, just how I feel about the movie in general. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I'm going to give it what I'm going to give it. Yeah. Is because I just think that it was just so well done. Yeah. Like, just overall, just the whole thing is just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's my, that's my reasoning. There you go. Those are good yeah. reasonings. Yeah. 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 What about you? Uh, it's, it's echoing your, some of your, you know, feedback, like, definitely different. A little change from what we've been watching. Yes. Talking about. Um, but I think that this quote from the guy who wrote... The book I keep talking about. No, not Misery. (laughs) This uh, uh, George Beam, however you say, uh, ties a nice bow on it. So this is just a little something from him to everyone. Um, The monsters Stephen King tells us are real and they are us, an idea that forms the basis of Misery's exploration of horror. For one, Stephen King has made no attempt to move beyond the darkest possibilities of the world in which we live. Um, So just the whole... I mean, I love the story. I it was one of, easily one of the my favorite books I've ever read. Yeah, for sure. And I didn't really. I went into it like excited to read it, but I didn't have such high hopes for it because right. I knew the story already. And sometimes you just have too much of it imprinted yeah. that you're not going to take away so much enjoyment. Yeah, loved it. Greatest, awesome book. Um, I would say it only comes second to it because it was just. Uh, (laughs) And who's not in love with a scary, fucked up clown? So just the whole psychological and emotional um, and creative hold Annie had on Paul, too. Because, you know, his writer's block and having to fight through that just to give her what she wanted, forcing him to write a story he was overwriting and hated. And then in his afterlife after her, even when he eluded her, you know, just... How was he ever going to write again without having those 
thoughts and memories bubble up. Right. Um, but that's just kind of a little peek into what I wanted to write. Yeah, I like it. Oh, yeah. So do you want to say how many for Gore you threw yes. out there? Because I think I have a guess. Uh, I'm pretty sure you know. It's definitely two. <laughs> two for Gore? Yeah, two for Gore. Nice. Yeah? Yeah. I went with uh, one for Gore. <gasps> yeah, but one here's the thing. Gore. Here's okay, the thing. I'm ready. I'm listening. I'll, I'll give you my little explanation. Uh, not any fiber of distaste for the story itself. Right. Um, <laughs> but just because it is technically less gory. Uh, than other things that we've watched. Yeah. Um, and that I've read or watched too. So I'm just trying to save a few gores here and there. Okay. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but I can't discount, I mean, the character of Annie being like so realistically terrifying yeah. and haunting and, and, and I, yeah, it's fan, It's fantastic. I yeah. just, like I said, I have to save one for, for gore later on. So. Okay. One for gore. Okay. So we'll do three for gore. Yeah, three for gore. Wonderful That's story. It. Wonderful awesome. story. It's such a good little, little, um, I don't know, I got nothing. <laughs> right. So, like every episode, we wanted to wrap up, too, with um, picking what movie we're going to watch next so that everyone can follow along with us. So we did, do you want to do a drum roll? Can you do that? Oh, you oh I can do it. <laughs> do a real one. There you go. But I'll do it on the thing, too. Okay, a little so bit longer. I like a good dr- long drum roll. Oh, that's awful. It's going <laughs> to yeah, be... do it on the real thing. So. <laughs> it is Slumber Party Massacre, <laughs> 1982. And we wanted to call out a big thank you to Bobby for recommending this movie yes, to us. Yes, thank you, sir. So Told we, you we, we would get to some on people's lists that other people gave us. Yes. So, gonna... remember, so with that being said... Um, we'll tell you where you can watch it in just a moment, but because we did just pick that movie at random, um, complete random, that was one of Bobby's choices and suggestions to us. So for the rest of you creepies out there that have movies, pardon me, that you would like us to watch, don't be afraid to tell us just because we already have a list going. That doesn't mean that we can't give you a shout out for suggesting it. Suggest, suggesting, oh my gosh, (laughs) by the way, folks, it is 12.03 in the morning, um, So don't be afraid to just give that to us so that we can at least give you a little shout out and thank you for suggesting it. And then, you know, if not, you might be surprised. There might be something that you suggest that we don't have. So we'll give you that, that, uh, the social media, um, later on that. Definitely. So yeah, but please watch the Slumber, Slumber Party Massacre. It's a mouthful. No, I know. Um, with us, uh, for our next episode and you can watch it on, Jill, you want to go ahead and give yours first? Uh, you can catch that on Prime Video. Um, there's also a Prime channel called Shout Factory TV. Highly recommend. Lots of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Um, <laughs> and you can also see the movie on Tubi. T-U-B-I. I didn't know about that until I got a Roku. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. To be I, I, I never knew about that. It's twelve oh four a.m. Now it's twelve oh four. Oh, okay. Um, so you can also see it on YouTube. Uh, it looks like it says from two ninety nine. I guess unless you have a subscription, there's. It, you can also find it on Google Play Movies and TV, Vudu, which once again is V U D U. Um, and then on Sling TV with a subscription. Uh, subscription. I'm getting tired too. I can't even talk. So, those are the places you can go watch that, so hopefully you're able to check it out and watch along with us as always, so that the next time that we all, well, I shouldn't say we all, but while you listen, Mm -hmm. you can laugh along or, you know, say, oh yeah, I remember that shit. Or like madly disagree with us. (laughs) Oh yeah, I hate everything that we're saying. (laughs) That's very possible. I know I do. (laughs) 
I hate everything we say also. <laughs> Is it still actually recording? Because it's like red at the end. Mm-hmm. What's that mean? Yes, we're going to find out. I don't know. We'll find out for sure. <laughs> so real quick, where you can find us on our social medias. You can find us on 4 for Gore Pod podcast that is the number four podcast four for gore sorry i i can't do this what it's four for gore podcast number four not spelled out uh on instagram and twitter Twitter. Mm -hmm. and you can email us at four for gore at gmail.com however grr that one four is uh spelled out it's f-o-u-r f-o-r-g-o-r-e at gmail.com that is very correct so check us out um on our social media still working on Facebook (laughs) I'm gonna say that until it's finally done and uh, yeah that's all we have for you today guys and I hope that you enjoyed this really long ass almost three hour episode (laughs) hopefully gonna be able to cut that down (laughs) stay safe and sane go watch movies and we'll talk to you later yes we'll talk at you later we'll talk at you bye bye